Welcome to another episode of the Weekly Regular. My name is Asan, and I am joined this week by a friend of the podcast, but uh, also a good friend of mine. Uh, he is a California native uh, from Ventura, California, now resides in Encinitas, I believe. He is, uh, uh, I met this guy in film school together and uh he is one of my dearest and closest friends he just got a dog so he should be riding high on energy and <laughs> fun and laughs and whatnot um yeah please uh we we give everyone here that is a recurring person on the podcast a nickname and i decided to go with derek from college hey derek from college how's it going <laughs> derek from college i love it well the one thing is you said we met in film school but that's not true we met in acting one that's true. That is true. That was fun. And we became scene partners quite quickly. It was one of those clicks where you just go, oh, we have similar senses of humor. This is going to work <laughs> out just fine. Yeah. <laughs> Derek, uh, uh, just a little background on our relationship. Uh, Derek is one of my closest friends, but he he and I share many interests together, uh, like uh, well-prepared meats, uh, oh, yes. um, comic books uh music all those things but um our our one of our most foundational connections is over movies and tv and we talk about it constantly and um so whenever derek's on the show you can expect to talk about all the normal stuff we talk about here at weekly regular but also um movies and and whatnot um with oh, an emphasis on action movies and comic book movies and all that fun stuff Oh, it's going to get nerdy real quick <laughs> yeah <laughs> we um, also here's the thing you also said we share a love for film we also very specifically, so the listener knows, we share a love of bad films. That is true. Like, that and is not, very true. But not like, and the way I was talking to my to my wife AJ about it last night is, it's not that we should we like like the bad movies, like the stuff that they have on like how did this get made, like the truly terrible film. Uh -huh. You and I like very like mediocre films where it's like they almost were good. Yeah. You know, like if they just needed a good little, like maybe two or three little, like just nudges, just a little, just a little, just a little nudge, and then they'd be great. But Basically, they're just every movie yeah. that Gerard Butler's made for the last ten years. <laughs> exactly, those are the movies that we like, and that was one of those things where it's like it's a very specific, like niche of film where it's like it doesn't happen a lot, but when it does, it's just like I will watch movies and just be like, oh. Son needs to see this. Like this is just—it's not great, but it's also not terrible. Yeah. Speaking of which, Gerard Butler is in a new one of those movies. Uh, Gerard oh, Butler basically has his own genre of movie now, where it's like there's some kind of vague apocalypse that's happening, and mm -hmm. uh, Gerard Butler, for some reason, is the only person who can save the world, even though he's totally unqualified and doesn't really want to <laughs> be here. <laughs> Uh, the, the new one is called Greenland and it is just as vague and oh. unassuming as all the other ones. Uh, I think, here's, I think you'll enjoy it. Here's the thing. I need to check out the trailer. I've been a little bit like out of the whole like movie trailer game because of the whole golden state killer trial. Uh -huh. I've been very much following that. What so is it's that? been kind of, you don't know about the golden state. Okay, no, please just, enlighten okay, me. I know. Okay. I just want to say this real quick for the listeners that tune in. I want to be very clear. This is going to get a little dark and a little triggering. So if you have it, you might want to skip ahead a little bit before we do this, just because it's kind of messed up, like on a level that is 
Yeah. Derek, this isn't a person. family show. You can say whatever you want. Okay, perfect. <laughs> fuck this dude. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> okay, specifically fuck this guy. He is a 74-year-old man now. He okay. was just sentenced to life without parole today. A 74-year-old life without parole. I'm like, what? So two years and then what? Like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Okay. <laughs> like, that's pointless. So this guy, he's um, he's known as the Golden State Killer now. He's originally known as the East Area Rapist or the original Night Stalker. Not to be confused with the Night Stalker, which is Richard Ramirez. He's the original Night Stalker so or if, the East Area Rapist. If you had to choose one of those three names for yourself, which one would you choose? Because I have my oh, preference. Night- Oh, Night Stalker, yeah, totally. That, it sounds way more terrifying. That one's clearly the best. And Absolutely, the man. Golden, Come on. The like, Golden Gate Killer sounds like a guy who, like, smiles a lot and, like, greets you as you make your way into San Francisco. <laughs> exactly. Stabs you in the back. Yeah. <laughs> oh, look at the – and over there, you'll see avocado orchards. Ooh, it's shunk right here. Yeah, exactly. Right. <laughs> exactly. Like, so, so this guy um, – yeah, oh, just – on a deal. So one of the groups that I follow for another podcast that's all about true crime and stuff, uh-huh. this guy was like, he had a tweet and he was like, we need to stop giving serial killers like really cool names because like, it only <laughs> yeah. encourages them to do bad stuff. It's like, we should be the micro penis maniac and <laughs> Dave, the murdering asshole. That, yes. <laughs> yes, exactly. I think that would be, so, that'd be great. It'd be great. It'd be a lot less. So anyway, I'll go real quick. So uh, Golden State Killer is the one that is featured in the HBO documentary series. I'll be gone in the dark. Uh, oh, okay. Same name as the book that Michelle McNamara wrote. Uh, Patton Oswalt's late wife. Gotcha. Um, she was obsessed with this. Uh, this is a guy that was involved in the area. Um, and actually pretty much they call him the Golden State Killer now because he's available up in down the state of California, which I found out yesterday his kill that he had in Ventura County wasn't just in Ventura County. It was in my hometown of Ventura and the house that he murdered the couple in was across the street from my elementary school growing up. I passed that house twice a day from second to eighth grade. (laughs) Did the murder happen while you were going to school there? No, 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 no. It happened in 1980 and I was, I'm an 84 baby, which, you know, the year of really good movies. Um, (laughs) But yeah. um, Yeah. For the listeners, look up the movies that were made in 1984. It'll (laughs) blow your mind. Like it was a perfect year for movies. Uh, Mm -hmm. But yeah, so he snuck in to a house and beat a couple to death with a fire log inside their house in that house. So, you know, cash. Now, Um, now this is a small detail. I don't know if it's, it's paramount to the story. Did he find the log while he was there or did he bring the log with him? I really want to know this. (laughs) He found, he, he pulled a Ted, but well, I was going to say pulled a Ted Bundy. I was wrong. Ted Bundy brought the log with him. Ah, He found it there. It was in their wood pile ah, at their house. Uh, but yeah, so found out yesterday because I was reading all these articles and I was like, oh man, Ventura County, like I knew he killed somebody there, but the details weren't forthcoming. And I looked into it and I was scrolling through this thing and they had photos of the house. And I'm like, how do I know that house? <laughs> no, but like for real, how do I know this house? Yeah. And then I saw the photo, had a photo of the sign of the church that my elementary school is attached to. Uh-huh. Like next to it, I was like, oh, geez, that's how I know that house. <laughs> So uh, this dude was a very bad man. Yes. He um, murdered 13 people. Jeez. Uh, went on three separate rampage killings. Um, st- had a yeah, murdered 13 people and raped 50. Oh my goodness! Women. And we're talking women and like like I think the youngest victim was 15. Jeez. All right. Um, yeah. So and oh, here's the best part. You ready for this? The With golden. All of this, the name it, Golden Gate Killer really undersells it. <laughs> 
well, it's Golden State Killer, oh, but yeah, yeah it okay. totally understood. <laughs> That's why I was kind of laughing to myself when you were like, it sounds like a guy that just welcomes you to the state. I'm like, Mm-mm, no, <laughs> you don't want this welcome party. Um, but yeah, so uh, he did all that, um, escalated. He would stalk people for months, uh, be in their backyards, like mm-hmm. watching them, live, and then would strike pretty much uh, whether it started out when – a uh, man wasn't in the house, and then it escalated when the cops were like, he strikes without a man. Then he was like, challenge accepted, <laughs> like a true you know, piece of crap. Of course. And then – um, yeah, right. And then started doing doing his horrible activities with men in the house, tying them up. Um, <clears throat> yeah, he's just a terrible, terrible garbage human being that doesn't deserve to live on this planet with the rest of us. Right. And uh, he's a 74, lived his entire life, and then he finally got caught. And now he gets to spend what little left of his life is without – parole in prison which personally <laughs> i'm like i'm glad he's in prison at least we know where he is but yeah. also i feel like prison's too good for him i'm like string the dude up like a pinata take a <laughs> bunch of nerf bats soaked in water and just let osteoporosis run its course man while you just treat him like a horrible horrible yeah. piece of garbage like yeah. i just i go what oh and this is the reason why i got into the ventura case is because he traded the ventura case for his ability to not uh, to not have the death penalty. Mm. I'm like pleaded guilty to that case. So they in, gotcha. in a trade where they wouldn't kill him. I'm like, Oh my God. Oh my gosh. Like <laughs> what a human piece of garbage. That's so crazy. So that's what you've, anyways, been, you've been watching. Yeah. I've been, I've been deep up in that, in that case lately. Okay. Um, I was sitting around, I watched the, when AJ went to bed the other night, I sat and watched the victim impact statements and, you know, those of the ones that were lucky enough to be left alive after encountering him, they read their, their impact statements. And that was just a whole, like, I was just, I was fuming, just sitting in the dark, like fuming, just like, get him, get him. <laughs> but yeah, so I've been, I've been stuck on that for gotcha. a while lately. Okay. So the Gerard Butler trailer, I'm excited to watch because now that he's been convicted, I can be like, oh, okay. My nighttime trailer watching and movie exploration, I can go back to as I, <laughs> as you know, regular regularly scheduled programming totally yeah well now the the gerard butler movie movie doesn't even sound anywhere as interesting near as interesting as that but (laughs) but uh yeah you should definitely watch it they should make a golden state killer movie starring gerard butler now that now we're getting into it (laughs) that actually you know what there's so many to choose from which serial killer slash serial (laughs) rapist would gerard butler play really well Hmm. you know what we're gonna put it out to you the listener if you know of the serial killer that gerard butler should play in a movie for his as i would say oscar bait comeback comeback role this is uh, this is his dallas this is his dallas buyers club (laughs) buyers club Oh yes, please. That means Jared, oh, that just... means Jared Leto has to be in it in some capacity. Oh, that's okay. Yeah. There are so many little side characters and serial killers. Jared Leto would just be like, just whatever. You're fine. Yeah, Do your thing. Um. Oh, that would be great. Well, that's that cool. Great. So, uh, yeah. So that's kind of what you've been uh, you've been up to this week. Yeah, that and distracting myself from the horrors of a terrible man by playing video games. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Watching TV. <laughs> um. But, Okay, cool. Well, normally, uh, that's how we get into the show. We kind of talk about what we've been doing for the week and stuff like that. Do you, real quick, yeah. do you not remember I was on an episode before? 
No, I do, but not not in like the the co-host chair. You were a special oh, guest true. last time. Now you're I, in the co-host you know what? chair. I am. I apologize. I misspoke. I I got a little too big for my britches. I'm sorry, listeners. I'm not normally this much of a jackass. Uh, just a slight, slight enough of a one. There it keeps it entertaining. Well, uh, <laughs> I'm sorry. Yeah, break it down, co-host wise. I wasn't in co-host brain. I was in guest brain. I'm so sorry. I'll switch tracks. Well, as the you. as the co-host for this week's episode, um, we I'm going to have to challenge you to see if you can play tip of the tongue Ooh. um and i you know oh, i know it's been a while so i'm gonna you know oh, i'll take it easy you, on you at first um do you, you have do no you want idea do you want me to re- recap the rules for you please 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 it's been about 12 years since i've played it so <laughs> we'll need to uh so tip of the tongue is easy um it's it's essentially like word association but i like to say that it's idea association um so we could just be talking, and at any time we can launch in or out of it, basically. Um, and as soon as I say something that triggers something else in your mind, you just say that thing, and you say, like, no, you're thinking of, and then whatever that other thing is, right? Got it. Um, and the fun of the game is seeing how the person got to where their next thing is. So the the least obvious that it is, the more funny it can be, but there are okay. diminishing returns on that because if it's too obscure, then, you know, we can't follow, and then it's just we, the, the, the funny isn't there. So... Gotcha. Uh, and we just kind of go and we do it until we've run out of ideas or whatever. We just kind of jump in and out. And there's no winner or loser. It's just for good funds, for LOLs and giggles. Um, so we don't have to jump into it right now because I feel like that'd be kind of forcing it. Um, but um, if you say something that makes me think of something else or if I say something that makes you think of something else, then we can jump in whenever we want. Um, you, you'll get the hang of it. But anyway. So this week um, – what I've been doing. So uh, this week I started doing yoga in the mornings. Ooh. Yeah. Started doing some at home yoga. I need to on, start doing that. Yeah. On YouTube. Um, I've cool. been having some. Uh, so I'm having twofold issues, both of which are causing me back pain. <laughs> so let's let's talk about back pain, bro. I'm in my mid 30s. Yeah. Like back pain is back pain's a legitimate worry when I wake up in the morning. Yes. So the first thing that's been giving me back pain is. I've been having pillow issues uh, while sleeping at night. Um, Mm. I am struggling to find the right pillow combination because I am a side sleeper. Me too. Keep going. And um, I have uh, very broad shoulders. So um, when I'm laying on my side, it's tough for me to find the right amount of um, height for pillow and the right amount of support for my head because if it's not enough support uh over the over the course of the night my head will start sinking down like towards the pillow because my shoulders are so broad but if it's too much support then my neck will be pushed to the other side because it's too high so i'm trying to find the perfect combination but because of that i haven't been sleeping very soundly lately and like i've been kind of tossing and turning so that's been kind of hurting my back like being sleeping at weird angles and the second problem is when i toss and turn i end up on my stomach and that's really bad because when i sleep on my stomach like i put my like hands under my head which cranes my back up so like if you think about it like my i'm like my body's at kind of like a like a almost uh, like a flat line but like a very obtuse angle but like with my the the small of my back being extended backwards does that make sense 
Yeah, you're trying to make your spine bend in a way that it doesn't want to bend. <laughs> right. So, you're trying to play pretzel with your body. No, right. I get it. <laughs> so when I wake up in the mornings, I have a really sore lower back. And, gotcha. Uh, so I've been like, man, until I figure out the perfect pillow combination where I can get some sound sleep, I need to uh, do something to wake up in the morning so I'm not waking up stiff and sore. So I do <laughs> yoga in the mornings now. And I must say it is life changing. Like I'm like, it is life changing. Like I can't believe I've never done it before. Um, it's great. I'm doing it at home. Uh, YouTube, uh, yoga with Adrian. Shout out to Adrian. Um, yeah, she has a lot of like everyday kind of yoga practice things that you can do. And also like specific ones for like, if you're having back pain, try this one. And so I've been doing those and, and just trying to make it a regular thing. And it's a good workout too. You sweat and all that good stuff. Nice. So yeah, I've been doing that. Nice. Yeah, I need to uh, I need to check that out. I have a I have a piece of advice. Okay. For you. Is I don't know. Give it a shot. See if it helps. All like right. you, I too am a side sleeper. Okay. And I also have broad shoulders. Yep. It's the you you are a very I am a wide shouldered individual, but you make me look skinny. Mm-hmm. For for those of you that don't know that are listening, Asan is a broad man. He is a very wall broad, of a human being. Yes. <laughs> he was built he was built to um withstand people let's just put it that <laughs> yeah. way yeah built um, forward tough yeah, yeah built forward tough for sure <laughs> um but uh but yeah i have a piece so i used to have my hips and my lower back used to be all kind of out of whack and stuff mm-hmm. like that and i need to go see a chiropractor at some point have them just grab one of my ankles and yank my body back into alignment yeah <laughs> <clears throat> but um what i found <clears throat> and i have been experimenting i've been sleeping with a pillow between my knees okay while I sleep on my side, mm-hmm. so it kind of so your hips aren't compressing down at your knees, not angling in because that can mess your hips and your lower back up. Mm. Um, yeah, try putting a pillow between your knees. I just got a body pillow, so mm. I basically get to every night I get to curl up like John Lennon on Yoko Ono, <laughs> yes, but on my body pillow. And no, it does not have a photo of a little anime girl on it because that's creepy. <laughs> You're like it has a photo of Yoko Ono. <laughs> It has a photo of Yoko Ono, and on the other side is my wife. So it's fine. Um, it was a long discussion, but we got there to make it okay. There were tears. Modern relationship. That's it, all you need to know. Martini glasses were thrown. <laughs> the dog got lost for a spit second. I love the um, idea that you set up a nice dinner with martinis to talk to your wife about putting a picture of Yoko Ono on your body pillow. <laughs> needlessly formal for a a conversation. I know I'm not going to win. Yeah. Um, Oh God, that's good. Um, But yeah, so get the body pillow. You can like hug it a little bit, put it between your knees, just kind of let it, Mm -hmm. you know, kind of do your thing. Like I'll twist it a little bit and add it support on my chest. So instead of sleeping, Mm. because I sleep with my shoulders kind of curved, you know, Oh yeah. yeah, Pointed forward, use the pillow kind of levered, kind of use it as support to kind of keep me a little bit more upright and straight up. So there you go. I don't know if it'll help you, but this is just something being a side sleeper. I know the, I know the problems. So I figured I may as well go ahead and just, you know, throw it out there. Maybe I should, we should start like a, like a mini, like a side mini podcast called pillow talk where we, uh, (gasps) we chronicle our pillow adventures weekly for like five minutes. (laughs) Oh, Asan, I would love that. Actually, let's do that. (laughs) <laughs> pillow talk with pillow talk with Derek and Hassan. We can keep dream journals. Oh, this is going to be fun. Dream journals. <laughs> yes, we'll bring on a we'll bring on a uh, dream interpreter as a guest, and we'll just oh. go full just full bore. One hundred percent. 
but like a dream interpreter that's a little not that professional it's just like you guys have messed up dreams <laughs> i'm super into that <laughs> i'm so down because like, honestly i think some of the stuff that i dream about like I'm slightly well adjusted, even though I have weird dreams and the stuff that I'm interested in. But like, I think some of my dreams would just make a dream like interpreter go, what is wrong with you? Go see a doctor. Like <laughs> I already am on medication. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> that's funny. Um, <laughs> all right. So that's what I've been doing this week, trying to get yeah. some sleep and doing all that crap. Um, all right. And doing yoga. All right. Let's get into some stuff that happened this week uh, around the world. Um, yeah, please. Before we get into uh, 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 a movie review that we have later. Our, to- um, our topic for today. Yeah, our topic for today. Um, so uh, I guess the biggest news, and technically this happened um, a week or two ago, but we uh, haven't done a regular episode of the Weekly Regular in a couple weeks. We've had some special episodes. Um, uh, Joe, Biden Joe Biden announced his VP pick, uh, Kamala, uh, Harris, Kamala Harris, uh, mm-hmm. from California. California. And, uh, and I don't think uh, it surprised think a ton of people. And, and um, yeah, uh, in terms of uh, electability, I think this is probably the strongest – choice he could have made uh because she has name recognition and he made good on his self-imposed promise that no one really asked for but the the promise that he was gonna pick a woman for this time uh i want to be clear i have no problem with a woman being vp president nothing if if they're better at the job than most people which it seems like at this point a woman will be better yes the job than most men i'm like do it. I don't care. Yeah. Like, I'll, how can I support you? I think it's awesome. But when he was like, I'm going to pick a woman too. I'm like, Oh, well, limiting, <laughs> limiting yourself needlessly, but you know, all right. I mean, okay, cool. Yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> no one asked you to do that. Yeah, I know. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, it, it was also, it just given the context of how many other democratic candidates, the people seem to be supportive of before Joe Biden became the uh, the candidate. <laughs> it was right. like we want Bernie. Well, the Democratic Party's like, well, you can't have him. Well, then maybe Tulsi Gabbard or Pete Buttigieg or Andrew Yang or somebody else are like, nah, Joe Biden. And then we're like, uh, we're gonna stick with straight white male. <laughs> and then we're like, fine, okay, Joe Biden. And then Joe, <laughs> and then Joe Biden goes, you know what? I'm gonna pick my vice president. We're like, okay, that's what every presidential candidate does. Yeah, and okay. she's going not to be a woman, ground, I promise. And we're like, yeah, right. all, all right, thanks, Joe. You know? <laughs> yeah, seriously. It's like, okay, so basically that was the equivalent of when I worked at the bar or when uh-huh. I used to, when I worked at the pub uh-huh. of like, you'd be in a conversation with somebody and some rando, like all the way down, like we had this big, long L-shaped bar, right? Uh-huh. Somebody at the end down by the change machine would hear you talking about be like, well, I have an opinion. They just shoot it out. You're like, okay, thanks. <laughs> Like, I feel like that was just like, and yes. it's going to be a woman. You're like, oh, okay, bud. Hey, uh, thanks all, for that. All right. <laughs> yeah. Do you want exactly. me to pay, keep paying attention or can I go back to doing what I was doing? Exactly. Um, so, yeah, that happened. Um, it's fine. I just really hope they beat Donald Trump. And that's that's really all I have to say about that. <laughs> Here's the thing, bud. Every sane person is just hoping that. Like, mm-hmm. it's. It's one of those – I literally was talking to AJ about this this morning, just about politics and mm-hmm. where we're going with it and all that. Like, I personally, <clears throat> I am not – I'm a very moderate individual when mm-hmm. it comes to politics. I like middle of the road. Yeah. 
everything in moderation. Mm-hmm. But um, I personally will be voting for Mr. Biden mm-hmm. and uh, Ms. Harris mm-hmm. just because I go, I like I don't like him necessarily as a politician. I think yeah. he's still deep in the po- the the top the pockets of the uh, yeah. of the rich elite. And I also am you know me. I also love a good conspiracy theory too. So <laughs> that's how I spend my time on the internet. It's mm-hmm. going. Ooh. But like, you know, Derek is QAnon. <laughs> I, it, you broke it. There it is. That's the news for 20. I am QAnon. Congratulations. You caught me. I'm also Antifa, by the way. Yeah. Um, but, uh, but no, it's like, I don't 100% like, I'm not 100% behind him, but like, I just need, I'm going, people are like, why are you voting for him? I'm like, because I need the cinnamon man gone. Like, yeah. He needs, he needs to go. Yep. Like, I don't care. At this point, this is one of those elections that I just go, but if I can just get on my tiny little soapbox, my little half inch tall soapbox for his apple box uh-huh. for a second, because, yep. you know, we're film people. Mm-hmm. Um, I just go, everybody listening, just hear this. It's not about voting for the candidate that you specifically think is going to do you a solid or make the country right. look exactly the way that you want. We all need to get together, go to the polls, put in mail in your stuff, go to your place, like tear, like kick the doors open if you have to. <laughs> mm-hmm. Just vote for the part. We got to get the current dude out so we mm-hmm. can start getting the good people in. Like, mm-hmm. unfortunately, it should. The way our country works is it should work bottom up, get the local stuff going, and then the top government will work. Mm-hmm. But unfortunately, with the way that we stacked it, it's a pyramid setup. We got to mm-hmm. work the top down now. So. Like totally. the best way, thing that you can do is if you're on the fence, you're not thinking about voting, just it's, or you're not a hundred percent about it. Like I'm not even a hundred percent about the two people that we're voting for, but I'm voting right. for them because I go, I need, I need you to do better. Yeah. <laughs> That's all I need. I need you to do better. And it's not even that I need him to do better for the government. We just, as a people of this country, we just need, we need better done by us at yep. this point. We totally so, do. Absolutely. P A R T Y because I got it. Because I got it. (laughs) Exactly. Um, Exactly. But yeah, so it's just, this is, I don't normally, I mean, you know me, man. I'm not normally out there being like, politics. (laughs) But like this year, I'm just like, hmm. Don't get into it with me. I think you should be the guy who stands up in the middle of a party and just screams politics. (laughs) Politics. Maybe that'll be my. Politics. Well, typically, I mean, our parties in college we would go to. I'd be the weird dude in the corner that's like, "Let's talk about your weird philosophy and theology." Like, let's get strange (laughs) with it. I don't like small talk. Mm -hmm. I like weird, intense conversations (laughs) that like last for about an hour, and then I just forget the person's name. Like, well, that was lovely. I think I'm gonna go home. (laughs) The the lovely bones is what you're thinking of. Oh, that is. You know what? Dang it, I don't have a good rebuttal. I wasn't ready. <laughs> you got time. You got time. God, you stumped me. Oh, the lovely bones. Mm-hmm. Oh. No, no, you're thinking of Corpse Bride. The Corpse Bride. Um, you're oh. thinking of Danny McBride is who you're thinking of. Ooh. Ooh. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Um, no, you're thinking of Father of the Bride. Father. No, you're thinking of The Princess Bride is the movie you're thinking of? Princess Bride. Well, you're. I'm tapping out. I can't go anywhere from there. <laughs> okay. Hey, <laughs> trying you, to get my brain. It, trying, to, 
Yeah, yeah, I'm all right. I'm all right. I'm picking it up. I'm Get trying, trying to go from. <laughs> it's all about those small, consistent reps, buddy. Yeah, exactly. exactly. Keep, keep the weight light. Keep the reps high. That's how you Absolutely. gotta do. That's how you tone up. That's how you tone up. That's how you look good at the beach. <laughs> all right, let's, um, man, let's jump into some movie news because there's Please. there's a ton of that right now. Um, yeah, with Comic Con not happening this year, stuff's just been like it's been the wild west for releases. Like there isn't one. Like normally we get the Comic Con right, release right. forum, and then it's like it disseminates through all the different like well you know our favorite ones like ComingSoon.net, which yep. is one of my favorite websites. Um, but like it's one of those where it usually gets disseminated out, but there is nothing. So they're just randomly releasing, and it's like I'll find releases from like a week ago that I'm like, how did I not know this? <laughs> yeah. Why are we not funding this? Um, uh, okay, so Netflix has announced the cast for their Pinocchio movie. Yes. Now here's my. You know, go ahead, and I'll we'll talk. I want. I have some questions. Okay. Um, it is interesting because I know. So Netflix is doing a Pinocchio, but also Disney is as well. Yes. Okay, so I don't know. So I don't know much about the Disney one yet. Um, I do know that um, Guillermo. I think Guillermo del Toro is doing the Netflix one. Um, I believe. I believe he is, but I'm gonna look it up real quick just because I got them confused as well. Gotcha. So I'm looking. I'm looking here. So it, um, it's written from. It's written by Del Toro, Chris Grimley, Patrick McHale, and Matthew Robbins. Um, the film. Okay, yes, okay. it is directed by Guillermo del Toro. This is the one for Disney. No, this is the one for, Netflix. The one for Netflix. Perfect, because the description on IMDb says a darker version of the classic children's fairy tale, and I'm like, oh, that doesn't sound very Disney. No. <laughs> Um, it's being pro- produced by the Jim Henson company, so there probably will be a lots of creature designs and puppets and whatnot. Can we can we pump the brakes for two seconds and sure. just address sure. the fact that Ron Perlman is in this movie? <laughs> but of course he is. <laughs> like the rest of the cast is awesome. Like uh, Christoph Waltz, Tilda Swinton, Kate Blanchett, Ewan McGregor. I think that's awesome. Mr. Ron Perlman yeah. is in this movie. Hellboy which, himself. <laughs> oh, which therein lies my like, I just go, okay, cool. You bought my ticket. Like, yeah. <laughs> like Ron Perlman is in a movie with Guillermo del Toro, which isn't shocking, but you have that and Ron Perlman's in like, just shut up and take my money. Like I'll be, <laughs> I'll be in a proverbial seat somewhere when, whenever the movie theaters get to open back up, which I'm, oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh gosh. Right. I miss the I movies miss the movie. so much. Dude, dude, right? Like, just the activity of, like, okay, well, what's out this weekend? Finding a time that works, planning, going, making, like, getting lunch, and then going and sitting in a dark, like, the activity of it. Yeah. It's just, like, oh, it's like, so good. Now my hobby's gone, and I'm, like, what what do I do? And they're like, well, we released it on demand. I'm like, it's not the same. Yeah. And every time I run across those cynical uh, tweets and stuff online that are like, you miss yeah, overpaying miss- for popcorn and sitting in a room yeah. with a bunch of people. I'm like, yes, yes, yes I do. Yes, I do. <laughs> Absolutely. I do. Because I know that's what you get when you go to the movies. Yeah. Why? Do- I will never understand people's thing. Like, eh, well, I don't like this. It's like, then don't go. Mm-hmm. It's totally fine. Let's just take the movie theater system and turn it down to basically just all Arclights and Sinopolis. So high-end, 
13 bucks a ticket, mm-hmm. reserved seating, and I'm also going to kick this off. Stop serving food and cocktails during the middle of the movie. <laughs> yeah. Get your stuff in. I'm sorry. I'm just going to get your shit together like an adult. Mm-hmm. Get your drinks. Get your food. Order your stuff during the pre. If you want to eat a meal before a movie or during a movie, great. But yeah. have the delivery service come. Do not have your server walk across my eye line <laughs> while I'm trying to watch Guardians of the Galaxy 2. Like, get out of here with that. Yeah. So dumb. Yeah, yeah or, I don't like that. take out every row. Like, there was a, there was a theater. Oh, where was it? It's in Seattle I went to. Mm-hmm. They took out every other row, and they built – a recessed area in the area so when the server's walking by their head height is at your sitting head height gotcha so they never have to cross the field of the oh, field that's of view. Great. i was like oh my gosh that's smart <laughs> that sorry is great. i didn't mean to de- i didn't i'll get off my tiny little soapbox again <laughs> it's not I've really been a stuck soapbox inside. As a, it's more of like a soap tray <laughs> it pretty much it's is not very yeah, high. it's not that high <laughs> but you also have to understand i this is the first time I've been talking about my frustrations about this since March. I've been locked inside my apartment with my wife, who I sometimes I saddle her with the hard conversations, and I do truly feel bad about that. But at this point, there's just but certain that's things. That's marriage, right? Oh God! Yeah. The old ball and chain. Yeah. Um, uh, isn't it wild how marriage used to be depicted on TV? Like when it was oh. okay to beat your wife. Oh. Oh, not even beat your wife. Hit your wife so hard that she leaves the orbit of the moon. Of the Earth. There's the orbit of the <laughs> Earth and hits it to goes to the moon. There was an entire uh, – who was I talking with this about this recently? There was an entire TV show yeah. based on a joke about knocking your wife in the head so hard, <laughs> uppercutting your wife so hard that she leaves Earth's orbit. Yeah, like the honeymooners. That's insane. What? Yeah, the honeymooners. How oh. right in the kisser. Like, <laughs> one of these days. What? <laughs> one of these days. He consistently threatens her every single episode. And you know why he threatens her? Because she constantly po- like points and she's like, you're an idiot. <laughs> like, you're an idiot and I'm so much smarter than you. And he's like, well, I have no good intellectual roots. So I'm just going <laughs> to watch out. I'll, I'll punch you right in the mouth. It's like, ugh. <laughs> That's hilarious. Um. Hold on. Let's pause here. I think I lost you. Try, talk in your. Yeah, can you hear me? Oh, I can hear you now. That's good. Yeah, right. the internet. The internet connection went a little unstable. You, you know, apartment living. It happens. Um, okay. But yeah. So basically, there's a yeah. Like old TV was terrible. We can yes. all agree with that. It like, was even the Dick bad. Van Dyke show. Like that lovely human <laughs> being. Like, he says some stuff, and I'm like. You spit that back out at Mary Tyler Moore. I will use my one chance to time travel to go back in time and kick you right in the balls, sir. You do not get after Mary Tyler Moore on my watch. No, sir. She's Um, a national treasure, and I will defend her as such. Yeah. Um, but anyway, uh, Pinocchio. I digress. No, no, yeah, exactly. Netflix's Pinocchio. Let's get in. Let's get in. Let, trust me, the, the listeners of this show are no strangers to long winded asides about things that don't matter. Perfect. I was starting to get a little self conscious about it. Like, my head was like, dude, you're going off about it a little. I'm like, no. Okay, good. That makes me feel so much better because I'm just like, oh, I'm just meandering at this point. No, you're fine. Uh, anyway, um, anyway, so Guillermo del Toro Pinocchio, how do you feel about it? Um, I think it's going to look like it's going to be Pan's Labyrinth, but with Pinocchio, mm-hmm. which yeah, I'm but is fine that with. bad? <laughs> no, that's not say, bad. At is all. that a bad thing? Because the minute I saw that, I was like, oh, cool. Pan's Labyrinth meets Pinocchio. I'm down. Pan's Labyrinth is one of my top five favorite 
with yeah, definitely top five favorite just artistically directed movies. Mm-hmm. I still to this day, I've watched it multiple times. Mm-hmm. I don't a hundred percent know what the movie's about, <laughs> right? But it doesn't matter because yeah. it's beautiful to watch. It truly is. Like if you're if you just want to watch a moving art piece, like it's a great movie yeah. just to sit down and be like, sit there and watch it and be like, wow, that is truly breathtakingly beautiful. But also, how did they do that with the costuming and makeup? Right. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Um, this um, one is, uh, I mean, the cast is star studded. Uh, you got Ewan, oh, yeah. uh, Ewan McGregor as, I love this, the talking cricket. Uh, because they cannot call him Jiminy Cricket. Um, we have um, David Bradley as Geppetto. I don't know who that is. He's no, a- I'm sorry. Real quick, back up for the cricket. You're thinking of the noisy cricket. <laughs> the gun from uh, uh, from uh, Men, Men in, in Black. Black. <laughs> yes, sir. Um, um, Men in Black. No, you're thinking of Men at Work. Is what you're thinking of. Oh, Men at Work. Oh, no, you're thinking of other 80s uh, band sensation, Duran Duran. Duran Duran. Um, Duran Duran. I know, I gave, you a, I gave you a real, like, weak lob on that one. <laughs> no, you're thinking no, of the Meryl Streep movie, Julie and Julia, is what you're thinking of. <laughs> oh, Julie and Julia. No, 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 you're thinking of Devil Wears Prada. <laughs> Devil Wears Prada. No, you're thinking of um, The Devil Went Down to Georgia, the song, is what you're thinking of. Hey, I heard he was having a real good time. <laughs> I, I, he probably was. There's a lot for the devil to do in Georgia, apparently. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, so, uh, yeah. So David Bradley, who is a British actor who looks like what Geppetto looks like, if you close your eyes and imagine. Um, oh, yeah. If you, like, listeners, just think of a man, a British man that sounds like he's named David Bradley. Whatever you're picturing, you're yep. correct. <laughs> exactly. Um, Ron Perlman as Manya Fuko. I don't know who that is from the I'm books. I'm going to guess. I'm going to guess that that is the name for the Stromboli character. Now, keep in mind, my only two references for the Pinocchio story are the original Disney animated one, like mm-hmm. most people. And then the weird, crazy live-action Jonathan Taylor Thomas vehicle oh from the goodness. mid-90s, which is just like, don't ever watch that movie while doing drugs. Yep. Like, just don't <laughs> do it. Um, now, I don't have personal first-hand knowledge about that, but I have a friend that did, and <laughs> he had a real bad time. It sounds like a real bad time. Oh, it... <laughs> I, uh, I looked at him and I was just like, you okay? He's like, no, I'll never be the same again. It's like, oh, bud. Okay. <laughs> uh, so uh, I, I am confirming, yes, the character Stromboli in the Disney animated version is uh, a version of Manya Fuko, who is the um, – he's the owner of the, the puppet theater where uh, Pinocchio yeah. performs and whatnot. And just for those of you that don't know, Manya Fuko is a uh, – is Joey Buttafuoco's cousin? <laughs> yes, <laughs> they are they second are cousins by marriage. Um, Tilda, very distinct. Yeah, Tilda Swinton is playing the fairy with turquoise hair because they can't say Tinkerbell, uh, and she also can't just be a normal character ever. Yeah, she's the fairy with turquoise hair and no eyebrows. If you don't get that joke, Google Tilda Swinton in almost every movie she's in, and she Absolutely. has no eyebrows. She's also confusing because I know she's like oscillates between 
Like, I remember the first time I saw her in Constantine, and I was like, guy or girl? Yeah. I don't she's know. very androge. Like, I'm okay either. Yeah, she's like, she is, li- it's her and David Bowie are the archetypes of just androgyny. Yeah. Like, it's Tilda weird. Swinton is that actress that where, actress like, if it's like a British movie about, like, the government, government or, like, uh, spies or something and there's like mm-hmm. a there's like a harsh mean but also very cunning and witty lady spy or like government yes. higher up or yes. a, or alien she's she's yes. <laughs> she's that person <laughs> yeah exactly if the role could either go to man or woman they usually cast tilda swing mm-hmm um she's great and don't get wrong she's great oh, i love she's her. great she's, she's awesome. the, an- she's she's so the good. ancient one in um Doctor Strange. Doctor Strange. Doctor Strange. Um, I get. I genuinely get excited when I see her in like movies that I want to see, or oh, if she just great. randomly pops up. I'm just like, oh, cool! It's a Twilla Swinton vehicle. This is gonna be fun. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, Christoph Waltz is the fox in the uh, in the movie. Because of course he is. Yes, because he is one of our best bad guy actors working right now. I feel like Hollywood... He's truly just one of the best actors working right That's now. That's true. Uh, he, he's particularly good when playing a bad guy. Like, I, I feel like Hollywood's like, whenever they are making a new movie, they're like, alright, we need a villain. We're either going to get Christoph Waltz and if he's not available, we'll get uh, uh, Ben Mendelsohn. Ben Mendo? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's well, one of those two thing. guys. Uh, Waltz and Mendo stole that from... Um, Agent Smith. Oh, um, Hugo Weaving. Hugo Weaving. Yes. Hugo Weaving true. was that for a while. It's like, we either need this or that, but we need a bad guy. And it's like, oh, Hugo Weaving will do it. Yeah. We need a handsome yet weird looking guy to be the villain. <laughs> I got you. Yeah. Hold my beer. I'm gonna, hang on. I'm going to make a call. Yeah. Uh, John Turturro is also in, also in the movie, which is exciting. I love John Turturro, but it's not. I love uh, John Turturro. Not, He's fun, man. His role isn't listed. Oh, and David, yeah, well, David Bradley, mm-hmm. which is a, we're going to talk about a franchise that uh, that he was in, mm-hmm. because he played Filch in uh, Harry oh, Potter. Oh, the groundskeeper. Yeah, the oh. grumpy-ass groundskeeper that yes. you're like, why is he around kids? Yeah, yes, exactly. <laughs> why is he here? Could, surely they could, they could have found someone better suited for this. <laughs> The older I get, the more I look at that character and I'm like, mm-mm, he should not be working around children. <laughs> yeah. It's like, mm, no. Dubious at best, sir. <laughs> yes. Um, okay, let's see what's in this. Um, oh, there is... Hold on, I'm trying to find the Disney cast. Me too. Um, okay. Uh, the only headline I've seen about the Disney cast is that Tom is it's directed by Robert Zemeckis. Oh, here it found it. Yeah, and it's starring Tom Hanks as Geppetto. Is all I've seen so far. Really? Yes. Because I see one on here that product is in development. Robert Downey Jr. is listed as Geppetto. Oh, that's interesting. I'm looking at it. Got listed. What What's the date on that article? Uh, I'm not in an article. I'm on IMDb. Oh, okay. That's interesting. IMDb. Yeah. But it's Robert Downey Jr., um, Ron Howard directing. Huh. In development. Although this might be You know what? This might be the Disney one. An older place. I think that Disney. might be the porn version is the one you found. Oh yes. Is Robert Downey Jr. doing porn now? <laughs> um I, God. maybe. <laughs> now I'll finally have a reason to watch that stuff. <laughs> yeah. That was an off color joke. Yeah. I feel bad about that one. 
<laughs> that one felt gross coming out of my mouth. Yeah. It was just one of those like, oh, yeah. Um, uh, oh, no, I oh, see no, what no, you're I looking see. at. It's actually <laughs> it's actually Robert Downtown Jr. And it's directed by oh. Ron How Hard. Got it. I skimmed the names real quick. So Robert, dude, Robert Downtown Jr. Sounds like a, oh, and, that, and Ron, I'm sorry, and Ron, how hard, Ron, how hard I'm going to steal Robert Downtown Jr. is my wrestling name. That's a good one. In the ring, Robert, Robert, my, Downtown, Downtown, Junior, Junior. I feel like most feel porn like most names would be like great wrestling names, you know? Oh gosh. Yes, absolutely. Oh, there's. Yeah, and, just, and vice and versa, versa. Dwayne, Absolutely. Dwayne the Rock Johnson. Yes, <laughs> the Rock is his penis. The Rock is the, the hammer is my penis. Okay, here we go. I'm on the right one now. Tom Hanks is Geppetto. Robert Zemeckis. Yeah, I don't think. Oh, you know what it is? What's what is it? The one that I found was the first iteration because Carlo Collodi. The writer. Uh-huh. He was also listed as the writer from the Robert, uh, the Ron Howard, and the Robert Downtown Jr. Uh, okay. Yes, Ron so, How Hard. So, um, Ron How Hard. I'm so sorry. Gotcha. I'll get it right one of these days. I promise. <laughs> um, yeah. All so right. this yeah. is going to be. This is either going to be really good, like some Zemeckis movies, and Tom Hanks, like Forrest Gump, yep. or it's going to yep. be really yep. bad, like uh, the Polar, Expe- uh, Polar Express, directed by Robert Zemeckis, starring Tom Hanks. <laughs> Son of a bitch, you beat me to it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, here's the thing about Tom Hanks and Robert Zemeckis. Mm-hmm. Separate entities. Tom Hanks, always fantastic. Yes. Love that man to death. Mm-hmm. Uh, I still remember one of my most fond memories of us in college was the was the week that AMC played Forrest Gump every single night of the week. Yep. And you and I would come home and just turn it on yep. and scream Lieutenant Dan at each other. <laughs> Magic legs. <laughs> Magic legs. First, hey, Forrest, we're built from a space age polymer. They have it on the on the ast- on the space shuttle. Yeah. Magic legs. <laughs> um Yes. Oh my gosh. I think about that all the time. But yeah, Tom Hanks. Another national treasure that deserves to be protected at all costs. Um, but uh, Robert Zemeckis, real hit or miss guy on that one. Yes. Yes, absolutely. And don't get me wrong. I am just an armchair, like armchair opinionist. I just, I'm currently sitting in my bed with the laptop on my lap, stuck in my apartment. I don't get to manage multi-million dollars like movie deals or work with <laughs> actors, but like his movies are either very good or like, laughably terrible yep that's true i i would agree with that uh some of his movies like, i don't I think i've seen a, i don't think i've seen a zemeckis movie where i'm like oh i was okay like i either am 100 percent on board or i'm like what what why yeah yeah um oh wow okay so uh and this is another movie headline that uh, is a big deal um so everyone gets a batman um in the flash movie that is still being made um <laughs> i was wondering if you were gonna talk about this i was gonna bring it up if you weren't <laughs> oh i'm totally gonna talk about this uh, let's go let's go in the flash movie that is still being made both ben affleck and michael keaton are returning to the role of batman in this film um arguably depending on how you see it the best batman 
and the worst Batman at the same time. <laughs> true, very true. I, you know what? This may be controversial, but I don't think Ben Affleck is one of the worst Batman actors. I agree. I, I think I the worst person to ever play, or the worst person to let's, play Batman. Let's get into it. In my opinion, is George Clooney. Let's go, George Clooney. <laughs> yeah, he's my worst Batman. Yeah. Oh. Absolutely, one hundred percent. Because not once do I believe that George Clooney is like a maniac who puts on a suit and beats people up. Like I don't believe that. Right, where his true self is when he's out at night dressed up like a bat, beating the crap out of people. Yeah, he, yeah. George I don't Clooney believe it. is like a ben, He's like a. He's like a. Um, he's a Bruce Wayne who just loves being Bruce Wayne and hates when he has to be Batman. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Alfred wakes him up at night and he's just like, uh. He's like, I'd really just like to take these women out to dinner if I could. He's like, sir, you've got to protect Gotham. The Joker is gassing Gotham. It's like, uh, I don't wanna. Also, George Clooney, and this isn't his fault, but he uh, also drives one of the worst Batmobiles of all time. Totally. I'm sorry, but in what world is Batman gonna drive? <laughs> An open-topped roadster. Uh, Get yeah. out of here. Yeah, it's so bad. Get out of that here. That movie is There's so a bad. Thong, there is a thong shaped like a bat on the ass of his costume. <laughs> there are nipples on his chest plate. It's just, it's all the worst things you can There's do to There's ice Batman. skates in his boots for some reason. Yes! How does he... Okay, this is where I get a little, like, on, like, the James Bond Batman gadget side of things. Yes. You can't, you can't have gadgets that are wholly and extremely specific <laughs> yeah. just to what, like, just to the one situation. Like, I'm sorry, it just doesn't work like that. No, like, it does not. When he goes, he does like, he does the clapper with his boots and then ice skates come out of him. I'm like, <laughs> how did you know you were going to be fighting on ice today? You could have been fighting Poison Ivy, which I guess as blades that would work for chopping, but like, come on, bro. <laughs> yeah get out of here like in no scenario would anybody preparing for any kind of combat or something be like you know what i better make sure i have some ice skates <laughs> absolutely this is why i appreciate uh ben affleck and uh christian bale's batman oh yeah because they're like well don't you have a gadget specific that yeah hold an explosive batarang <laughs> yeah, just exactly. blew it up exactly like, well, don't you want to get in it nah i can just blow it up yeah, yeah. ben affleck's like I can just use the grenade launchers on my Batmobile and just blow shit up and everything's fine. I saved the day. Yay. Mm -hmm. Like, but there's tons of side casualties. He's like, eh, look at over. <laughs> it. I'm Batman. Whatever. Yeah. Christian Bale's more like, I'm going to punch you until you stop moving. It's like, I can get behind both of those. Yeah, exactly. Are my gadgets. You're like, yeah. Okay, cool. Yes. Um, I, yeah. So I, I don't, I don't think Ben Affleck is the worst by far. I no, think no, no. my favorite think Batman, Batman is, is the Kevin Conroy Batman from the animated series. <laughs> well, but, let's, yes, he is the best. Absolutely. But you know, I, of live action, you know, in terms of, I really liked I Val really Kilmer. Liked I'm not going to lie. That movie wasn't great, but I liked Val Kilmer as Batman. Um, if I have to watch the, a movie from the original Batman run of uh -huh. movies, being the Tim Burton and Joel Schumacher movies, yeah. hands down, I always go for Batman Forever. Mm -hmm. It is just – it's a ridiculous, fun romp, and it's just fun to watch Jim Carrey mm -hmm. just – Lose his mind on screen and be like, you mean I can do whatever I want and be as weird as possible? Yes. Yeah. 
He's like, awesome. Yeah. <laughs> he just runs with it. It's like, this is cool. It's, it's just fun. It's stupid. It's yeah. fun. Yeah. It's got all the right elements. It's not good. I want to specifically say that. It is not a good movie. Yeah. But it falls. Yeah. But Batman Forever perfectly falls in line with the kind of movies that you and I initially bonded over and the ones we keep talking to each other about. Mm-hmm. It's not good. No, it is not good. It's not great, but it's not bad. It's like <laughs> where you walk out and go, yeah, I had a good time. Yeah. Um, I think, honestly, Ben Affleck might be my favorite on-screen Batman in terms of how, like, just how he looks in the suit Mm -hmm. and, like, his sort of his demeanor. I think he captures the Batman demeanor in terms of just, like, how he puts the suit on, his sort of temperament, like, it just is the most Batman to me. I think the best executed Batman overall is the Christian Nolan ones. Uh, Obviously. Uh, Christopher Nolan. I said Christian Nolan. Christopher Nolan. And uh, but I do think the uh, Michael Keaton was good as Batman. I'm just not as big a fan of those movies as I am the Christopher Nolan ones. Um, True. But yeah, yeah, I mean, when when you and I those movies were already on VHS tape when you and I were, you know, yes. when we finally started to get into Batman. Right. So that's why. Mm-hmm. Like Jack Nicholson as the Joker is good. Obviously, as I always say, everybody like. You know, the pretty boy Joker is my favorite because he just really does it for me in a way that I was like, oh, yay. Mm -hmm. Thank you. I'm sorry the role killed you, but like, yes, you were you are amazing. Yeah. But yeah, I like I like Ben Affleck. The the thing that I like about Ben Affleck's Batman that the Christopher Nolan Batman, when he shows up, he shows up in like a like a he's a ninja. Yes, he is. So he's like shows up. Ben Affleck's Batman it's just like the intro when they're in that house. He's just up in the corner. Yes. Like just holding there. And you're just like, I saw that. And you don't see him initially. Right. Like it, wait, like the camera just kind of goes, I'll let you figure it out. And then when I saw it, I was like, a chill just ran down my spine. It's like, that is terrifying. Yes. Like uh, he encapsulates the terrifying element of what Batman should be. Totally. I think Zack I think Snyder Zach nailed, Snyder that. nailed uh, that. Oh, yeah. Like Batman, Batman, for me, Ben Affleck was Batman. the first Batman where like, I it, I bought that people were afraid of him because I was oh, I was afraid of him. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, oh, absolutely. I was like, you, oh, this guy is scary. Oh, for real. Yeah. And like the Frank the Frank Miller comics that I read and all that stuff that is a very big element to it. Yes. Like being a big Miller fan. Right. Um. The the thing I appreciate is you need to have that element of you want to like Bruce Wayne because he's a cheeky bastard. Right. And you're like, ha, you just bought a hotel. Like, that's fun because you didn't like the rule, the pool rules. Right. Uh, that's cute. But you want to be like the thing I think that Snyder did a really good job of something that we've only seen Batman doing his thing from the perspective of us basically riding along with Batman on his shoulder. Right. You need to see it from the perspective of the criminals. Now, yes. Nolan yes. did a good job in Batman Begins in the shipping container scene right. where he's just like zipline pulling dudes into the <laughs> darkness, just being on the guys like, where are you here? Like, yeah. That I was like, I would have I would crap my pants if that happened to me. But Ben Affleck, but Snyder really embraced that element of like seeing it from the criminals perspective. Right. Of like, this is just a wraith cloaked in <laughs> darkness that just like yo me and tommy we were hanging out and to- tommy yeah oh god where'd tommy go yeah. you know like, yeah and, just silently pulls your friend off the docks and you're just like oh god yeah and i'm I, gonna die i love that ben affleck love that is ben also affleck tall 
and kind of a yes. broad guy. So like he's, he's bigger big. than most of the guys he's coming up against. Which Batman is in the comic books? Like he he's, oh, yeah. a, he's an imposing figure. And Christian Bale, oh, yeah. even even when Christian Bale is shredded in his Batman physique, he's still not like the tallest guy in the room. So like Ben Affleck, but he Ben Affleck is a very imposing gentleman. Yes. So I will say this: I do appreciate that about the DC run right now. I'm excited about the Snyder cut. Just, yeah. I didn't think I would be, but as I'm seeing things, I'm like, ooh, this is gonna be good. Yeah. It might get me back on the DC train but i like the fact that they picked a batman that looks like he could go toe to toe with henry cavill like like henry cavill superman they Mm -hmm. picked a batman that clearly just goes i'm not here for your stuff like i'm just gonna (laughs) like the the part in the movie it like i saw it in the trailer and i was like "Ooh, this is good the imposing level that ben affleck brings to batman is that part where he's in the super suit and he's looking at Superman and just that that audio, the, the, the audio overlay from a suit. He just goes, do you bleed? Yeah. It's just like, oh, crap. Yeah, it like, looks not even trying to banter. He just looks yeah. at him and wonders and asks the question, like, do you bleed with with the intonation of he's not asking if Superman bleeds. He's telling him that we're going to find out yeah. <laughs> he's just like, oh, God. <laughs> yeah, if yeah, if a guy, if Batman ever asks you a question, he's not asking. <laughs> he's not asking. He's telling you what's going to happen. You should just either curl into the fetal, po- like urinate yourself, yep. and curl into the fetal position. Act like if a bear is attacking you, yep. or try and run away. But the problem is, if you run away, you're only going to die tired. <laughs> That's true. You're just going to make him more mad for having to exactly. chase you. Exactly. If he has to chase you, yeah. he just gets more angry. <laughs> yeah. All right, so uh, we're about an hour in. Let's let's dive into sort of the 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 meat uh, topic for today because uh, we're going to review Project Power. But before we get into that, can we please talk about Harry Potter for just a few yeah, minutes? Now, now, totally. Um, I got excited when I thought that we were going to talk about Harry Potter, which is why I sent you the text like an hour before we started recording when <laughs> I saw you talking about it on Facebook, and I went, oh. We're gonna delve into some HP. Yes. I like that. Yes. I'm a big, um, I'm a big fan. I'm not the diehard fan, so my knowledge isn't like just so everybody knows. Yes. I'm a big, massive book nerd, stuff like that. But uh-huh. my knowledge about Harry Potter is not on the level as say like the Avengers and Batman right. and right. X Men and Lord of the Rings. Right. Like Harry Potter, I joined more for. and I talked about it a little bit. On the first episode I was on when I was a guest, mm-hmm. which is episode 19, if any of you want to look. Yeah, I know the de- episode. <laughs> um, I'm like such an ass. No, um, not at all. But the thing I like about – but the reason I talked about it, the reason I bring it up is because there's a point where we talk about it. And I don't like big bandwagon stuff. Uh huh. So when everybody was talking about, oh, Harry Potter this, Harry Potter that, I was like, I, it can't be that good because mm-hmm. if everybody likes it, like mm-hmm. I'm not going to – like it's one of those I'm big contrarian contrarian element in my in my bones where mm-hmm. i think you you and brandon when he was on i think we all talked about that where yep. it's like if there's too much hype i'm gonna dig in and be like yeah well i'm not gonna because <laughs> truthfully yeah it sound a little bit like a jerk not ton but it's like i see people online that i go well if you liked it then that must mean it's not that great yeah no totally i'm guilty of that as well <laughs> yeah yeah and it makes me feel like a jerk but i'm like it's true. Some yeah. people just don't have good taste, you know? I know it makes me but, sound like a jerk, but does it, though? 
But does it though? Does it though? Yeah. Oh. Um, so anyway, so yeah. So how did that conversation come about? Like you started watching Harry Potter, as I saw. So yeah. So I had. Um, I have never seen Harry Potter before. Right. Um, Which is, I truthfully, I was a little bit surprised when I saw that. I was like, what prompted him to stop watch, start watching Harry Potter? Because I know you haven't, like, jumped into the uh, deep end on that one yet. Yeah, so I hadn't seen Harry Potter, but I, so many people are such fans of it that I'm like, okay, uh-huh. like, I, now that they're all on HBO Max, I'm like, okay, I should at least watch these movies just for the sake of watching them so I can understand the references and all that kind of stuff and just kind of be aware of what these movies are because they're such a huge, Absolutely. A huge cultural event, right? Uh, or at least they, be they part were. of the zeitgeist. Exactly. Uh, I'm trying to pull up the text message I sent earlier. Okay, so yes. Um, so I had I had watched the first movie um, a couple months ago on like a whim. I was like, you know what? Let me watch the first Harry Potter movie, and and I'm like, I'm gonna make it through this this franchise eventually. Um, and unanimously, what everyone tells me is like, it gets good around the third movie and this movie is my favorite or whatever. Like some people say Goblet of Fire. Some people say Prisoner of Azkaban, whatever. But they're like at the third movie, uh, the series gets good. And you got to remember that the first two movies especially are for kids. And Mm -hmm. I took all of those caveats in mind and I watched. So I watched the first one a couple months ago. That movie's fine. It's, It's definitely a kid's movie. Um, right. but it, it's completely fine. Like it's, it's middle of the road well, for me. It's fine. Yeah. So last it's, it's directed by Chris Columbus who directs like preteen movies. Right. And he directed you know. chamber of secrets as well, which is the one yeah. I watched last night. I was just like, um, me and my girlfriend had a little date night last night and we were trying to decide like, okay, well let, we've had dinner now. Let's like, what movie should we watch? And I was, and she loves Harry Potter. She's seen it or whatever. Oh, she's so read Julie's all the books. Julie's a big Harry Potter. She's a big Harry Potter fan. Big Harry Potter fan. Oh, um, okay. So she was like, uh, I, I was like, you know what? Let's watch Harry Potter. And she got really excited because like normally when we watch movies, I'm the one like, uh, I'm the one like kind of guiding her through watching it for the first time because I've seen almost everything. <laughs> and listeners, uh, for those of you, you can't see this because we're on an audio. This is an audio medium, but I am just I have the biggest awkward smile on my face and I'm just nodding because I'm the same way in my relationship, <laughs> yep. too, to the point where sometimes I'm like, I need to calm down about that. <laughs> yeah, but it was a, it was a nice reversal because my my girlfriend was now the person super excited and like guiding right, sure. me through this journey or whatever. Um so we turned on Chamber of Secrets. And so right away, what I'm going to say is... I can already tell <laughs> you didn't like it. Because so, Tone, you, you, so we turned on Chamber of Secrets. It's like, and, oh, and, there's already no enthusiasm there. So um, I, I, I will say this. I think it's not a... Um, it's not offensively bad, like... It's not a movie that makes me feel dumb for watching it. It's not a movie that I feel like the movie thinks I'm dumb. Uh, It's not Uh, offensive. It's It's just kind of nothing of a movie. Uh, It's kind of it kind of feels like um, whereas like books can be placeholder books because you get a lot of the character development and stuff from like reading like the the characters thoughts and their the narration and stuff like that like mm-hmm. this movie felt like a placeholder movie to get to something more interesting and it felt like they just made a movie just because there was also a book of the same name <laughs> you know sure what I, mean? I feel sure, like there, i can see how you would yeah i, I feel like there wasn't much 
plot to this movie. It's kind of like they took something that should have taken 10 minutes and tried to make it into two and a half hours. And I think that's where ultimately the movie suffers. There's a lot of plot holes in how the universe works, but I don't hold those too strongly against the movie because it, it is a kid's movie. Uh, so I don't really like, there's a lot of questions I had. I'm like, well, first of all, how do you get to Hogwarts? Well, you got to go through this portal at the train station and then get on this special train once you're in the wizarding world and it takes you. But they miss the train and they just get in a car and fly there. Well, yeah, you can do that, too. Okay, well, then why hasn't anyone else gotten there? Like, what are the rules? Like, there's all these rules and plot holes and stuff that, like, I, I, you know, I had questions and they were very funny while me and my girlfriend were watching the movie. But I'm, <laughs> but I'm just prefacing to say I'm not holding those against this movie. The, sure, my sure. main gripe with this movie is it feels like they didn't have any plot and it was kind of just two and a half hours of stalling until like we're able to resolve the third act. So here's my, here's my breakdown of the plot. And obviously this is done um, facetiously, um, but, uh, and for comedic purposes, but basically this is, this is my experience of the movie. All right. Uh, And so I, and I've made the artistic choice of making this plot breakdown into a conversation between the screen, screenwriter and Harry Potter, (laughs) because I think this would be the best way to, um, to do this all right so we're talking harry potter the character yes talking to the the writer of the movie (laughs) okay cool this is good i like this this all right screenwriter says someone opened the chamber of secrets and unleashed a monster to kill you harry harry really screenwriter well actually no this guy who lives in a book hasn't opened the chamber yet only you can do that because you're the heir of slytherin harry okay so then i won't open the chamber then problem solved screenwriter no, you have to because if you don't, he'll keep. You'll you have to because if you don't, he'll keep turning people into stone. Uh, I thought you said he's stuck in the book slash chamber until I open it. So how is he turning people into stone? Well, you see, he's possessed a little girl at Hogwarts who's doing his bidding. Okay, how did he do that? Um, Lucius Malfoy gave her the book with the guy inside of it. Okay. I just looked at that same book and he didn't possess me. Wouldn't it have been easier for him to just possess me to open the chamber rather than spending two and a half hours framing me for freezing school children in hopes that I'll get so frustrated with being framed that I'll follow some spiders who will tell me the truth about the frame job and hopefully not eat me on the way out. And it would be especially easy for him to possess me since the guy in the book is Voldemort and he already has a piece of his magic in my forehead. I can literally hear his voice. Uh, then the screenwriter says, well, sure, but that, would, but, the, but that would only take him. <laughs> the screenwriter says, well, sure, but that would only take about five minutes and we need a three hour movie for some reason. Harry, uh, that sounds like a stretch screenwriter. It's cool. We got the bad guy from wild, wild west in the movie. He plays a coward with funny hair. That'll be entertaining enough. The end. <laughs> Dude, that is so good. But here's the thing. Um, <clears throat> sorry, I have to switch gears. Um, actually, there's a few problems that I have with your uh, Harry Potter breakdown. Uh, according and your to my calculations, uh, according to my Harry Potter calculator calculation, though uh, no, I totally, I totally see that. Yeah, I totally see that. Now, my only thing uh-huh. that I would say, and it's not exactly, obviously, it's not exactly the same. Mm-hmm. But I will say the only defense that I have for those early movies is they were like the early Mar- MCU movies, just literally dipping a toe in the water and seeing if people liked it. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. which is why 
you know, you have this stuff. Like, as the movies of Harry Potter go on, they become more like the books. They can include more things about the books, kind of like MCU. You can include Guardians of the Galaxy. You can include these crazy elements of stuff that people wouldn't normally. You know, like, there's an entire race in space of all people that are just all gold. <laughs> and they're assholes. Yeah. Like, yeah, that's literally the plot of Guardians of the Galaxy 2. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> well, like, if you tried to do that in 2008, people would be like, yeah, I'm not going to watch that. True. You know? So the thing is... Yeah. Progression over time to include the stuff. Like, obviously. But I will say is they really switch gears. A lot of people go, oh, it gets good on, like, the third movie or the fourth movie or whatever. Mm-hmm. They switch gears and I'm going to use a term, and I don't 100% mean it against Chris Columbus, because, again, he's a professional filmmaker, and I am not. Yes. But they get good filmmakers mm-hmm. to start making. And by, what I mean by that is they start injecting a little bit, because the first couple of movies, they're fun. But Prisoner of Azkaban is really when they inject some darkness into it. Right. And that series is extremely dark. Right. It's why my constant complaint about the MCU, my biggest complaint, is the villains aren't evil. There right. is no hard line between like this is a terrible, hor- horrific person that we need to highlight the evil so that the good shines brighter, right? Right. Have that in Harry Potter with Voldemort, with the stuff he does, with the just the setting and the way because they're not Disney, they're able to cast it in a little bit of a darker light with um, set design and visual effects and all that kind of stuff. And because Harry Potter, the world of Harry Potter. It's an extremely dark and terrifying world to live in, mm-hmm. especially if you're a muggle that's just thrown inside of this. And you're like, wait, right. what? Like, right. this stuff exists, you know, which is what you're supposed to do. Because the first couple of books are all like, oh, my God, this 11-year-old kid goes on these adventures. He's the chosen one. Isn't that fun? Wouldn't you like to be part of a wizard school where you could get away with not doing your homework and going on adventures? And the headmaster of the school is like, oh, I'm going to give you A's no matter what. Because, you know, you defeated this ancient source, this, like, sorcerer guy that I knew when I was younger but didn't do anything to stop him. It's right. a whole confusing thing. But, like – the first couple of movies, they didn't really – they did it as a quick cash cow. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like they tried it again with the Percy Jackson books mm-hmm. and films with the same director oh. for the two movies. Yeah, Chris Columbus directed the first two Percy Jackson movies as well as the first two uh, Harry Potter movies. And the reason gotcha. why he did the Percy Jackson movies is because of Harry Potter, and they were trying to get Percy Jackson as like a, a concurrent Harry Potter like running thing, but it more for like, gotcha. I don't know what they were going for, but basically that's exactly what, it, what they were trying to do. So they brought him on to make it seem more like kids. But as I understand it, Percy Jackson is a little bit more advanced than what little kids are. Cause mm-hmm. when Harry Potter starts in the books, he's 11 years old, 11 or 12 years old. Like he's a kid, mm-hmm. you know? So obviously the books and you know, there's an entire generation of people that grew up reading the books being the same age as the characters growing up. So I think that's where a lot of the sort of the, rabid connection and defense of those movies comes from mm-hmm. like people are saying, Oh, it doesn't really get good until like the third or fourth. And I saw your comment was like, that's not how that works. Like either it gets good early or like, yeah, no, no other franchise bother. works that way. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Well, but and for see, some weird reason, yeah, I was gonna, this one does. Yeah. I was going to say this one does. Sorry, I'm sorry, sorry I didn't mean to cut you off. Go ahead. Keep oh, going. No, no, okay. And I was to say, because this one does, uh-huh. we unfortunately got, book and movie series like Twilight and yeah. The Hunger Games, which are essentially just like I remember walking out of uh, Hunger Games 2, The Hungering, 
with you. <laughs> yeah. And we looked at each other and we were like, so that was basically just the same movie as the first one, but with a different ending. Right. Like beat <laughs> for beat, pretty much the same until the very end. We're like, okay. And I remember people telling me like, oh, third Hunger Games movie's coming out. Are you excited? I'm like, nope. Right. Second one kind of killed it for me. Like I tried – Reading the books now for people out there that are listening. If you really want to, if you want to read a good version of the Hunger Games, which she stole a hundred percent, no matter how vehemently she denies it, <laughs> why don't you go ahead and watch the movie or read the book Battle Royale? Mm-hmm. That gets intense and so good. It's one of my like, it's one of my movies that I just go back to every once in a while. By the way, the movie and the book were banned. In several countries, ah. which is how you know it's real good. Yeah, exactly. It's school kids fighting each other on right. an island with randomly placed weapons. Like, it's the Hunger Games, but, like, better? Yeah. Because it, like, there's actual stakes, not like, oh, well, you know, death has no meaning in this franchise. Yeah. You know, like, kind of, but, like, Harry Potter, it's, they've tried to do it, but Harry Potter's unique in that, truthfully, as a franchise, in the fact that it, it does take a second for it to get some traction and to figure out its voice and find out where it wants the direction that it wants to go. You know? Right. And thankfully the direction that it decided to go to, instead of keeping it bland and benign and basically Warner brothers being like, well, we're just going to do the Warner brothers thing. They really leaned into it and they were like, okay, let's make the books now. Like let's take the books and let's make the books. And they still leave out. Sorry. They still leave out a lot of, they leave out a lot of excellent, Characters and moments mm-hmm. and stuff mm-hmm. that I'm like, why couldn't you just put that in? There's a character called Peeves in the books. He's a poltergeist, and he's basically this like mischievous character that kind of mm-hmm. not hinders, but like kind of just helps Harry Potter and the and the Weasleys, especially the the Weasley twins, Ron's older brothers. He kind of helps them out a little bit when they're doing their pranks and stuff, like later on in the series. Mm-hmm. And he kind of like he just becomes this he's this nuisance and everybody's like, well oh, that's Peeves. But he's kind of this fun little character that turns into the like, he's a ghost poltergeist, but he turns into this like bigger character as it goes on. And like every time he shows up, like I remember like I was in my twenties when I was reading the books and I just was like, oh yeah, Peeves is here. This is gonna be fun. Yeah. Like, but so it is a weird, I agree with you in the sense that most franchises, they don't, they don't deserve the opportunity to, they don't deserve the opportunity. Make a good movie first up, make a, like, I'm of the opinion, make your first movie. Like you're not going to make another one. Yeah, totally. Go for that. And then if you get a franchise deal, great. Yeah. You probably won't. And that's fine. (laughs) Right. Make it like you're going to make a franchise deal. Make it like you're not going to get a franchise deal. Do it the best you can, pull out all the stops, and then if you get one, awesome. But that is where it's where the money, yeah. sign, the dollar signs in the eyes came into play was with the Harry Potter franchise right. because it was the first two weren't good, but they knew people would watch it yeah, because it was yeah. Harry Potter, and then they leaned into it. And thankfully, like I said, thankfully they leaned into it and let the creative control go to more of the books, Yeah, but like that's that, that's why people yeah. say that. And I think that's probably – because I, I don't doubt – that it gets good um, uh, in the next movie. Um, and, you know, my argument, you know, to people who say that is I'm like, well, look at look at Star Wars, for example. There's a reason why George Lucas didn't start with episode one. Like when he made Star Wars, he, he started with what would be episode four, because you want to start a movie like with where at a place where the character where like you want to see the characters like 
you get what I'm saying? Like sometimes back, like you know, sometimes the 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 origin stories of certain characters don't make for good movies. You know what I mean? Sometimes you just need to start with them being who they are. You know what I mean? Um, and I think the Star Wars kind of it works that way. You know what I mean? Like we don't we don't need to see you know Darth Vader as a kid to understand who Darth Vader is. You know what I mean? <laughs> we get it you know i think in yeah i think harry potter could have started maybe and i i I can't wait to watch prisoner of azkaban because if it is good i I would wonder if like you could have started the series with prisoner of azkaban you know i don't think you could have okay um and reason being is because there is so much groundwork to do for the world building and the stuff for the harry potter because it is quite intricate Mm -hmm. um especially later on when it gets into the deeper lore of the world, like it's good to have that base level. It's almost like, like Harry Potter. It's almost like having that year one class knowledge, you know? Right. Like you just have the, it builds on itself. It's kind of like the MCU in that, in that way where it's like, here's your base level. Like if you jump on, it's like perfect case in point, the guy that reviewed um, Endgame. That was, uh, he was like, this was a stupid movie. They don't introduce any of the characters. They don't let you know who anything is. They just expect that you know it and you move on. And one guy commented, he's like, you've had, you've had 12 years, Yeah. (laughs) you know, to like catch up. Like that's on you, you know? Totally. And so it's, you know, you're behind the times, bro. Like you need to catch it. This isn't a movie for you. You know, it's like kind of what I told people when they get down on Endgame. I'm like, well, this isn't a Marvel movie for you you haven't been keeping up with all the movies then you shouldn't have gone and see that you should go back watch all the movies and then watch that one yeah because it needs to be seen in the context of everything else and as you see if you just started watching the marvel movies the modern age like the ones that in the series that in the phase that just ended it it does you a disservice because you don't have the appreciation from where it came from back in 2008 when mm-hmm. i wandered into the theater going they made a movie with one of my favorite actors concerning my favorite superhero of all time mm-hmm this is not good. I'm done with superhero movies for a while. Right. I was just done. Like after X-Men and all that stuff and just like the, oh, we'll give it to them and they'll be grateful because we're just making it. Mm-hmm. I was like, no. I mean, you, you Batman begin, you know, the Christopher Nolan, but Christopher Nolan is a Christopher Nolan. Right. You know, so I was like, John Favreau, he's good. We'll see. And I walked out of the theater after Iron Man and I was like, Thank God we live in this time. Yeah, I think that's my my biggest problem with Chamber of Secrets is that um, it's just the 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 concept of this movie where it's like like essentially it's it's what this movie is accomplishing. I mean, it's not much in my opinion, but what it, it the I'm sure the book the purpose that the book serves and based on what I've seen in this movie is to kind of give background on how. On, on basically on Voldemort's journey from like being someone who was defeated to like making his way back into the physical realm to challenge Harry Potter, right? Yes, exactly. He he manifests in Goblet of Fire when he manifests in his physical form finally. And then it's like – and that's when a lot of people go, oh, Goblet of Fire is my favorite one because it's like that's when the rubber hits the road. It's like, oh, game on now. Like he's back. He's here. He's going to start messing stuff up. He's not a dude trapped in a book that's like – Scribble something in me. Yeah. And and I think that's the problem with Chamber of Secrets in particular is it's not a very – the story that they're telling is fine. It's just not a very cinematic story. Like it's not cinematic for like, hey, there's these – you know, they're not really deaths because the, the kids and the people aren't dead. They're just petrified. But these these crimes keep happening, happening off screen and everyone thinks it's Harry because he's in the wrong place at the right time. And the bulk of the movie is him just kind of talking to Ron about it 
<laughs> you know what I mean? And nothing really happens, you know? If you find that boring, just get ready because that's most of the movie series is <laughs> Harry just talking to people about his problem. Yeah. And it's just it's ultimately not that cinematic. So it's like what like and, and I think that's kind of like the issue is like some stories are great as books, but like they, they don't translate well to movies because not everything in them is cinematic. I think the one of the perfect examples is um, Lord of the Rings. It's like Lord of the Rings. It, there's a reason why they made Lord of the Rings and not the Hobbit originally. You know what I mean? Because Lord of the Rings is is cinematic. There's wars and there's elves fighting, and you know what I mean. Also, now you done did it because <laughs> now you stepped into my wheelhouse. Yeah. Welcome to my gym. Welcome to my dojo. Yeah, in my own. All dojo. right. So basically, here, my own dojo. Here's the here's the breakdown. I agree with you 100. percent Lord yep. of the Rings is a much more cinematic story. That's why they started with it. Now the problem, and this is all I'm going to say with the Hobbit. Garbage movies that never should have been made yes. by Peter Jackson because you could even tell that he was tired and didn't want to make them. Yes. Every single interview, like on set behind the scenes videos, he's like, this is the cave where the goblins are and the goblin can't. It's like, could you seem more bored, please? Yeah. Because this is really selling me on it. These are going to be good. I watched so much BTS stuff about it and saw how tired and how much he didn't want to make those movies. I went into the movie going, this probably isn't going to be good. And I was right. Yes. It was yeah. terrible. Right. But The Hobbit can be cinematic. Uh-huh. It just has to be done in a – you have to do the book. There is a – it should be two movies. There's a clear break in the middle of the book. Mm-hmm. Like you don't need to add all these extra elements and do all this extra stuff. Just make the book. You don't need to add extra characters, which they did in a violently like rough way where they didn't fit in. They just shoehorned them in. It was like literally like when you watch a kid shape puzzles – blocks like and he takes the hammer and he starts trying to pound the square like into the freaking like star-shaped hole <laughs> yeah Make it fit. that's how the hobbit basically felt to me yeah. like, we don't know what we're doing so we're just gonna make it fit yeah like you can't you gotta just just do the thing it's not hard it's not challenging just do the thing because the problem is is that at the end of the hobbit like you're talking about with a very cinematic deal you have a dragon in a room full of gold. You have a <laughs> moment where he goes and he burns down a lake town, right? Mm-hmm. Like, and then at the end, you have the battle of the five armies, which is five separate armies all converging, men, right. <laughs> dwarves, goblins, orcs, all this stuff converging to fight at the base of the mountain over the treasure that's in the dragon's horde. Like that is cinematic AF right there. Right. But the problem is that they didn't. They didn't do it justice. Mm-hmm. I will until the Hobbit. Like I will never. I will attack those movies with every cell in my body <laughs> until they correct their mistake and make make it make it right. Yes. Yeah. I think another example is the uh, the Star Wars prequels. It's like you're making Star Wars, and those are you know Star Wars are some of the most cinematic movies in history. It's about you know it's about. Yeah, it's about a rebel yeah, force. I'm sorry, are you talking about the trilogy that changed cinematography, <laughs> like cinema as we know it? Yes, it's liter- It's literally, uh, they're literally Star Wars. There are wars being fought by, you know, a rebel army against, you know, their violent oppressors. And, and you know, there's there's a fight going on that has reached a boiling point because there's like a, there's like a religious cult that is really behind the, the, the opp- violent oppressors and they're just kind of using the violent oppressors to impose their will and the, the rebels know that so they're having to fight the battle on two fronts and it's super cinematic and you know how did it get how did the how did it get to this point well 
there was a series of series of Senate hearings that like may, gave the 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 that gave the um the violent oppressors all this power in the in the galaxy and stuff like that. Blah 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 blah. And and then but then somewhere George Lucas was like, man. If we ever have to do some prequels, we should show them those Senate hearings. It's like, no, that's not cinematic at all. <laughs> no, it's boring. It's so boring. <laughs> yeah. Also, remember that goofy dude from the first movie? He's a senator now. Like, who in their right mind would make that giant child's toy a politician? Yes. But it's- then again, I look at our own government and go, oh, yes. Okay. Yeah, I get it now. There's a, there, you know, we, you know, I both know this, but for the listener, there's like, there's certain things in, you know, in movies that are that you cut. They they're like shoe leather scenes. Like there's scenes that like don't need to be in the movie because they're not cinematic. You can just reference those scenes or show us the outcome or whatever. And it's I feel like the worst trilogy expanding sequels are the ones that take those shoe leather scenes and expand upon them. <laughs> It's like, we don't want to see those things. <laughs> no, I don't need to know the inner workings of the Senate. I have my own Senate. Yeah. I don't pay attention to that one that much either. Yeah, we, I should pay exactly. attention to it more. I get the highlights. Like, I don't need to see, like, Imperial Senate working. But it, interesting enough, like, you're talking about you don't need to see specific characters' origin stories. Right. Look at the look at one of the, the massive, the most massive Star Wars flop of all time, Solo. Yeah. The internet said we do not need to see a Han Solo origin story. We don't want to see a Han Solo origin story. And Lucas Kathleen Kennedy went, yeah, but we're going to give you a Han Solo origin story. It's like, it's going to fail. She's like, no, it's not. It's Star Wars. It's Han Solo. Disney's like, it's Star Wars. It'll be fine. We're like, no. It will fail. Right. And it was a giant flop. And and the, the reason that movie sucks is because, like, sometimes an origin story as, like, a sequel can work if, like, you haven't seen a character that we're talking about go through the arc of becoming who they are. Uh, But we've already seen that in regular Star Wars with Han Solo. (laughs) His arc is there. (laughs) He got frozen in carbonite, thawed out, almost eaten by a Sarlacc pit. Yeah. And then like after being blinded from being in carbonite for a while, and then decides from, goes from this, like I'm here for the money to like, you know what? This is a worthy cause. And I should probably like become a general. He becomes a general. Which is the weirdest yeah, thing to me. Yeah, it is he weird. goes from smuggler to general in like yeah. three movies. I'm like, wow, that's quite a quite a career jump. Yeah. Like, hey, I know we just saw Han Solo become Han Solo in those Star Wars movies, but could we make a movie in which he goes from not being Han Solo to becoming Han Solo? It's like, no, we've already seen that. <laughs> also, he doesn't not become. He doesn't go from not being Han Solo to being Han Solo. Yeah. It's like let's just have a dude who looks nothing like Harrison Ford. <laughs> right. <laughs> Parade around just being cool on screen. Yeah. That's Han Solo, right? It's like Han, the Solo movie was made by people that don't understand the character of Han Solo. Like, right. So he's just like a cool guy with a laser gun. Like, <laughs> why don't you just make another sci-fi movie with a dude like that and not make a Star Wars movie? Like, just yeah. please like, yeah. stop tarnishing. And I'm not even sitting here being like, you know, it was better back in the day. But I'm just like, stop tarnishing my heroes, please. Like, just yeah. stop. No, like, it's Kingdom uh, of the Crystal Skull. Stop doing this to Indiana Jones. Just stop. Stop it. Yep. I want to wrap your nose with a newspaper. Like, <laughs> knock it off. Yeah. But anyway, so those are my feelings about... <laughs> yeah, those are my feelings about Chamber of Secrets. Um, it, yeah, it's... Uh, it was not great. Not good. Not even good, in my opinion. I could I could see where it might make a good... You know, like, an interesting book. But um, sure. I just didn't find oh, the yeah. movie that compelling. I would... I would be interested after you read Chamber of Secrets. Mm-hmm. I would be interested to see you, like, obviously not devote a ton of time, but if you speed read through the book, and I would be yeah. interested to 
reconnect with you yeah. on another episode and hear your thoughts about that. Because sure. the sure. books to me, obviously, someone, some things, uh, there's that age old art. The books are better than the movies. No, the movies are better than the books. I'm like, well, you're both right and wrong in some respects. But mm-hmm. like the way I look at it with the Harry Potter, the books are way better than the movies. And the movies, as they get later, are pretty damn good. Yeah. But also, the books are also, better. Also, I think there is, so I'm going to say something that's probably like Harry Potter heresy, but uh, heresy, heresy Potter. Um, so I get why there's the three main characters in the book, because in the book, like you can, you can allocate a lot of time to different characters and it doesn't become unbalanced the way a movie would but i think in the movie if i were if, if someone were coming to me and said hey make the make harry potter for the first time into a movie i would probably have trimmed down the number of characters that there are um and i think i think i would have i would have cut one of the sidekick characters um i and it would probably have been it probably would have been Hermione. Now, obviously, I and th- I'm just speaking as if I was making the first and the second movie because that's all I've seen, right? So I don't know what where Hermione goes from here. But in my mind, oh, you you just made a massive mistake. <laughs> <laughs> well, just listen because as a movie, as I'm watching these movies, I feel like there's especially because in the first two movies, so much of what drives the bad guys is a combination of like i know voldemort hates harry potter because those two are somehow connected in a way where like i know like it's it's harry's harry and voldemort the whole the whole franchise is building towards harry and voldemort coming to 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 head right coming to battle or whatever and so i know that there's that there but so much of the villain motivations are is like their racism against muggles uh, and and people who are muggles but can do magic, and oh, here's the thing: they're not even. It's not even racism towards muggles. They look as at muggles as lesser than. They're racist right. towards the muggle wizard half-bloods, the mudbloods. Right. That's where the racism comes at. But real quick, I want to because this is an off-color joke, and I kind of like it. I don't think you should cut the Hermione character because then you lose out on your trifecta success for a woke movie, which is a guy, a girl and a minority, Yeah, <laughs> which would be Harry, Hermione, and then a redhead, Ron. Yeah. No, I, so I think I would have cut, I would have cut Hermione and made um, either, I would, mm-hmm. I would have made either Ron into Hermione and like swap some, some characteristics. But I think there are characteristics to Hermione that I think, like I think Hermione in the movie so far is like not a necessary character because you could have just given some of her traits to Ron and some of her traits to Harry that I think would have made the story like hit a lot harder because of that racism towards muggles to me like it would have like to me it's a missed opportunity to not make Harry the muggle who can do magic the way Hermione is see that you know what I'm saying so you're putting him even more behind the gun like that I agree with you okay I see where you're going with it I agree with you that was one thing that always bothered me is that like like because that that then Voldemort would have even more reason to hate Harry because not only is he like this guy that he's destined to come to blows with but he's also just a mortal like that I think that would have been really powerful you know what I mean Um, you know wizards aren't immortal right you said what Wizards aren't immortal. I, I know. I don't. I don't mean like mortal as in he can die. I mean mortal like he's hum, human. Human. He's regular. He's yeah, a regular yeah. guy. He's vanilla. Yeah. No, I got. You. <laughs> and yeah, it, to me, it's weird that like 
like Hermione, other than being the muggle, like this, so where like she takes on a lot of the racism, like she also is clearly the best wizard so far. And uh, I think you could have, I think there could have been an interesting, I think what it, what it ultimately, how it hinders the two first two movies is that I think Harry should be the strongest wizard outright, even if he doesn't quite know what he's doing yet. Um, and I, I just don't get that impression in the first two movies. Like he clearly, there's so many times where like, dude, use your magic, but he just doesn't. And, and Hermione steps in to save the day. And I'm like, I, I just feel like it leaves the movie kind of unbalanced. It's like, so then why are we rooting for Harry again? You know what I mean? She's clearly the better wizard. You know what I mean? <laughs> That's my question. Yeah. <laughs> Harry's the chosen one. Yeah. So? Yeah. So he's not good at it. You know what I mean? <laughs> He's an 11 year old idiot that doesn't know that magic exists until a big bearded dude goes, You're a wizard, Harry! Yeah, and then turns his so? cousin into a pig. <laughs> yeah. Like, so? Who cares? Yeah. And like, I, it's kind of, I'm, I'm on the Draco Malfoy's end of that, where yeah. it's like, This is Harry Potter. It's like, and? Yeah. Who does this guy think he is? You know? What does he bring to the table? Oh, he's new? Yeah. Okay. He got a scar on his head? Right. All right. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah. But the, 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 the importance of that. Comes in later, of course. I'm sure it does. every single one. Of them, I mean, at the base level for the first two movies, like the ones you've watched, the three characters they incur it. Harry is the courage, Hermione is the brains, Ron is the heart. Right. You know, and then they each have their moment to shine as they go on. Yeah. Um. You know, they've got their area of expertise, the things that they like, and so it kind of they kind of help each other out as this group. It's kind of, I mean, obviously, it's the the moral of the story is. You know, friends help you defeat the evil in the world. <laughs> yeah, like the power sunshine of and rainbows <laughs> and wizards. Love is the strongest magic you see. <laughs> uh here's the fun thing. Yeah, that comes into play in a big oh, way of course in the franchise. Does. <laughs> in the later, love is the strongest magic, and you're just like, is it okay. though? <laughs> so next scene now because i'm done yeah well in the interest of not having to make this two episodes let's uh let's Third table the, the harry potter weekend, conversation so we we'll come back week. to it because i'm planning on watching the the third movie probably this weekend all right so we well that sounds like a plan all right let's review uh project power uh it's a movie we watched this week um arguably the first of the um quarantine blockbusters that we've seen to be released um, this movie, uh, typically would have been a, probably a late summer release. I would imagine probably, I would say late summer, like maybe or first couple weeks of September. Yes. Um, or flip flop it a January or February release. I could see that as well. Um, yeah, this, this is, uh, this is, you know, I like these kinds of movies because they are always, so I like the, the late summer release. That's like not quite a $200 million movie or like a big, you know, the Marvel movies are now, you know, $500 million movies, but it's, you know, it's like a, it's like a low, it's like a high hundred million dollar movie. Those movies are cool because they're always like unique. I'm thinking of movies like Looper. I love Looper in a way we went and saw it together. Yeah. Do you remember the crowd's reaction at the end of Looper? just full silences because no one knew what to do with that crazy ending that's why i love that movie i sat we sat in a hundred plus person theater in pasadena and no one said a dang thing and i just went now that was a powerful movie yes so the the late summer blockbuster movies are great because they're always like yes they have their popcorn elements but they always take a big swing yeah. in one way or another. Oh yeah, and, like real big swing. Yeah. Wasn't Oblivion with Tom Hanks a late summer release? Tom Cruise. 
Tom Cruise, I'm so sorry. Oh my gosh, <laughs> Don't I'm you so dare. sorry. I'll see myself out now. Thank <laughs> yeah. you. It was lovely to be with you. Thank you guys for listening to my portion. The song's going to take it from here. <laughs> yeah. No, uh, yes. I think, actually, I think Oblivion might have been a winter movie, like a like a December movie. I could be wrong, though. Like a pre. Uh, yeah. Because yeah, it doesn't strike me as a tentpole section, because in the middle of, like, December, right. Christmas, it strikes me as, like, September, October. Yes, late November, like, possibly. Early, yeah. Sorry. That's just that, it's that kind of movie that makes me go, oh, like what we're talking about. Right. Not high end, but it's. Right. Totally. Um, and I think, yeah, this is one of those movies and it's like kind of the first one of these movies to be released um, completely on demand um, through Netflix. And um, yeah, let's start with your reaction to it. How do you think the movie led by um, Jamie Foxx and Joseph Gordon-Levitt did? How, how was it? How was it for you? So as I texted you before we yesterday after I finished it, I was like, I took notes and I have thoughts. All right. <laughs> and so basically, okay. So I want to say real quick, the Netflix description for this, for this movie is perfect for the movie trailer voice guy who I miss so much. Yes. It's like he's a rogue cut in a world fueled <laughs> by powerful medication that gives you superpowers. Joseph Gordon Levitt is a rogue police officer who teams up with a rogue military guy named <laughs> called Jamie Foxx. And they do stuff. Yeah. <laughs> Also, it's in New Orleans. Um, I missed that. I like I read the description on Netflix, and I just I was laughing at myself before I even started it. Um, yeah. As a whole, before we get into the different pieces, sure. I think as a whole, I enjoyed it. I didn't mm-hmm. think it was it was one of those like I told AJ, it didn't blow my it didn't blow my hair back. Right. I wasn't like, whoa, that was amazing. I went. It was our. I said what you and I always say for this kind of. It was a movie. Yep. And I had a good time. It was a film. I had film. a good time. It was a film, and I had a good time watching that film. Yep. Will it win any awards? Absolutely not. Right. And if it does, I will be the first person to be like, no, no, you give that award back. You did not earn that. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I, I thought that was great. Um, I'm a little hit or miss with Jamie Foxx sometimes mm-hmm. uh, when he's in these kinds of roles. Um, now, when he's going for his, like, working on his Oscar bait stuff, I'm like, yeah, man. Go get it. Like yep. Ray Charles. I was like, yes. Yeah. So good. Like when he really does it, he really does it. But this generic action guy yeah. kind of character that he has going, I'm a little like hit or miss on it. Like I want to be enthusiastic about it, but I've seen it from him so many times and from so many other Gerard Butler, so many other <laughs> yeah. like people that just have this mediocre action guy character that I'm like, I can't hundred percent get it behind it. However, I enjoyed watching him mm-hmm. in this movie. Yes. Um, yes. I think he did a great job with what he was given. Yeah. And I think he exceeded my expectations for what he was given in the script mm-hmm. and the production. Yep. Um, having said that, I was really happy to see JGL again mm-hmm. in a movie. Mm-hmm. I don't know where he's been, but I have <laughs> right. missed him. Right. Like, and I was realizing that I was, as I was watching it, I was just like, thank God he's back. Like, I hope he's yeah. just back for good like i get it you need to take a break sometimes you need to clear your head kind of reset your stuff you know do whatever work on your own personal projects like i think that's awesome i'm 100 percent about that but i was just glad to see him kind of back in a role that truthfully it made me miss him continuing the christopher nolan dark knight rises sequel Mm -hmm. like you know what i mean as i saw it i was just like oh but i want you to be nightwing and robin so bad yeah like (laughs) but I enjoy 
him. I enjoy him as an actor. I truly do. Like, obviously, we were talking about Looper. He stole the show in Looper, mm-hmm. even with the weird prosthetics on his face. Like, he's still <laughs> like, he took it to task. Like, yeah. the man knows how to act, and he knows how to act, and I appreciate that. And he's slowly been building his acting chops, and now he's in a blockbuster career. Yeah. I was happy to see him involved in this. Um, now, my question for you, and I had a question I wasn't 100% sure. Was he trying to do an accent sometimes? So, so that's my thing. That's uh, my thing. Uh, so, okay. <laughs> yeah. Well, let's oh, real quick that. before we go, before we go, we before we get into that, a hundred percent. I thought the girl did an amazing. Fishback is her last name. Uh-huh. I thought she did an amazing job um, with what she was given, and yeah, for her, she was I, great. As I understand this, I understand this is one of her first times out, and she kind of, for me, she kind of carried the movie for the most part. Yeah. which caused some problems later on in the film, which we will get to, but I think she did an excellent <laughs> right. job. And I was, I was happy to watch her do her thing. Um, you know, all that stuff. Let's see. Let me scan that um, camera movement. The way they used to the, utilize the camera in the movie was really good. I like the inside the motorcycle helmet shots, um, the um, inside the tank towards the, when they did the pill demonstration, when they were like, you want to go in here? And that's that sexy lady was like, I'll take the pill. Right. And then, right. then Jamie Foxx is just like destroying people on the outside and the cameras moving inside the tank. I mm-hmm. thought that was cool. There are a lot of really good and innovative, um, really good, like small, small, innovative things in this movie that I was very happy to see. Totally. Including a casting choice that I will talk about later because it's not a big casting choice, but, one of my underground favorite people. And every time I see him in a, he's going to be in a movie, I'm like, Oh, this is going to be fun. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, so I thought it was good. I didn't think it was great. Uh, I'm glad I watched it. I'm glad you asked me to watch it. Cause I don't know if I would have just gone and watched it on my own. Um, mm-hmm. but you know, end of the day, I was like, I wasn't sad. I saw it. You know, right. I was like, okay, that was, that was all right. You know? Yeah. You see um, where you're going with it. I don't think you quite hit the mark where you <laughs> wanted to end up, but you were close. Right. I I feel pretty much the same way about the movie. Um, I think well, welcome to the podcast. Two guys agree. <laughs> yeah, um, I think we're going to disagree a little bit about Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Um, I think he's a great actor and I think he did the best with what he could in this movie. I think for for the character, though, I think he was um, I think he was woefully miscast in this movie. Oh, <laughs> oh, we're not going to disagree about that at all. Yeah. I agree 100% because here's the thing. Mm-hmm. It's not that Joseph Gordon-Levitt did a bad job. Yeah. It's a terrible character. Yes. I don't think that character is necessary in this movie at all. Um, I was baffled as to why he was even in this movie for the almost the entire time. <laughs> I go, you either need the cop or you need the Jamie Foxx military guy. Right. You, you don't, don't need, need both. both. Yeah. You need one of the other. Unless they're going to both take a pill at the same time and work in tandem and take down an right. entire ship full of people, which so many missed opportunities in this movie that I was just like, why? You know what we want to see. Yes. Why aren't you giving it to us? I was going to say, I thought it would because I liked the idea of Jamie Foxx being the person that they originally stole the DNA from to make the the pills. And like the whole the whole movie, he's kind of like. You know, I don't I don't use that shit because they, they you know, they stole it from me, blah, 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 blah. And so the whole movie, you're like wanting to see what his power is. You want to see him do it and then finally do that. But like you can't have that and then also have another protagonist who uses the pills all the time. You know what I mean? Like you got to have it one way or the other. And I think it would have been more compelling to be like rooting for Jamie Foxx. Like, come on, man, you got to use a power. You got to use a power. And then he finally does. Um, but Which, when he does mm-hmm. is extremely anticlimactic. It is very anticlimactic. Like it happens. And I was just like, 
the moment to me, the best way I can describe it, it felt hollow. Yes. And I just went, why? Yeah, and and anti uh, not anticlimactic. Uh, I was going to say to talk about being cinematic again. It just wasn't a very cinematic power. It, no, they skipped all the fun stuff. Yeah, it's like and and uh, so. All right, let's get into this. So I think the the where this movie suffers the most is I think it's twofold. I think one, there's too many main characters. That's that's one. And then two, the movie is so concerned with like the pills themselves and how they work and like what they do and like all of that, that like it never really takes the time to like um, really explore kind of like the themes that the movie is hinting at, like the idea of like, Oh, the, the, the drugs, they unlock something that's inside you. Cause that's an interesting theme. It's like, it's not that the, it's not that the pills give you power. It's like they unlock, they unleash something that's within you. That's a cool idea that they hint at, but they never really like that. That theme never really manifests. It's it just kind of, they just talk about it. They pay lip service to it. And then they're like, nah, but what's really cool is like all the different animals and stuff. Right. It's like, wait, what? You know what I mean? <laughs> They're so concerned with the pills and the way they work that they don't flush out the world. They also don't know the rules for the pills, right? Correctly, which is evidenced by the fact that, like later in the movie, uh-huh. all of a sudden we're talking about how they have like, and late, late in the movie, yeah, Amy Fox goes on a on a monologue about how they're based on animal powers. Okay, well, what animals are on fire or made of ice? Because none of them. That's they make up the rules too late in the game. Yes, without thinking it through, they they started with. These pills give you powers. Wouldn't this be cool? Now we can show all these different powers. Right. Like, cool. I'm down with that. You either need one or the other. You either have animalistically based powers or you have this pill just gives you powers and you can be an X-Man for five minutes, which I liked the five minute time limit. I thought that yes. was a very cool usage of like limiting the ability to do it. Uh, that's that's my number one thing. The pills, they don't figure out the rules of the... And they don't truly figure out the rules of the world until the end credits. Yeah, and in terms of how the pills work, in terms of, like, how they give you the powers, I don't even think it's important to this particular story that we even know that. Like, it doesn't really matter. If we take this pill, and for some reason, it gives you a random power that you don't choose. Fine. Like, that's all you need to say. But the moment you start to say, well, you see, it's kind of like how animals evolve, and it forces you to evolve in a way that an animal might. But it's like... That's there's no animals that are frozen, you know, <laughs> it tries to force an explanation that you don't need. Yeah, and we don't need want. that. It goes, you take this pill, you get powers You're like, cool. Want to know how? <laughs> no, like, no, I, I'd really like to just watch this movie if that's OK. It's like, but I'm going to tell you, you see, the thing is, it's all about based and you're just like, I don't want to listen. Yeah. Yeah. So you have that and then you have. You either. Yeah, you either need a combo mm-hmm. of the just Gordon Levitt character and the girl mm-hmm. or you need the two guys or you need jamie fox and the girl you don't need all three because here's the thing she keeps going off about well like i'm a good rapist like it's my words that give me power blah blah, blah. and then the theme song at the end yeah. <laughs> is her on a below a bridge writing like writing lyrics right for her raps or whatever right i just sound so white right there um but um like for the why centralize the movie around around Robin if you aren't gonna give her a power a power moment? Yeah. Like rap yeah. keeps being a thing, and the lyrics in the end song are my words are my power. I feel like she should have taken a pill, and her power should have manifested via her like voice or she that's what I thought. This was, that's where I thought this was going. But, I thought it was too. Because that and that idea is, goes right up to the line of delivering, and then it goes. 
nope, I'm going to be withholding. And you're just like, why? So, uh, so, uh, yes, this, that is, I'm so glad you said that because I feel like this movie was written by someone who either doesn't listen to rap or doesn't understand why rap is a powerful medium because I thought, okay, surely she raps and surely the power of her raps is not going to be in just that she's good at putting words together, but she's, she's, it's what she's saying with the raps that have power. Kind of like the girl from Umbrella Academy that control people with her words. Right. I thought, well, not even, not even, and not even on a superhero level yet. I just thought that what makes, what makes, um, the girl in the movie, a, a powerful rapper is not just her ability to rap, but like, uh, her ability to say something of substance about her situation, about the the city of New Orleans, about how minorities are treated, like all of that. So like, because there's there's really cool things you could do with that because it's like, but no, it's just pick, give me a word and I can rap about anything. Like it's literally just her skill to put words together. And I'm like, you missed a huge opportunity. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> but I have something for you, son. Yes. Seismograph. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, I did. I did laugh at that. I think Jamie Foxx's delivery was I very funny. That's why there's a note in my phone that just says seismograph. Yeah, I thought I was that like, was a oh, great. Good. I thought that was a great joke. That was. It's one of the only jokes in the movie, and I thought that was very funny. His delivery was funny because the whole time he's basically playing a guy who's like, he doesn't laugh at anything. Like he's like the the Terminator. You know what I mean? And then he goes seismograph. <laughs> like I thought that was very funny. I can imagine if like. You, if you remade Terminator Two and you had Arnold and like in in, in the Edward Furlong character was into rap music and he's like, I can freestyle. He's like, give me a word. That's the word he would say. Seismograph. <laughs> that got a good chuckle out of me. Truthfully. Yeah, but but that's what I was saying. Like that's what I was saying. Like there was an opportunity to really tie because if you make her ability to rap not about her real ability to put words together, but to say something profound with her raps, then you can tie that in with her power comes with her voice, and then you can give her the power with the voice how we we're talking about um and you can really tie a lot of these themes together but it's just like the writer never really saw that potential and never really brought it together so it's like no she's just good with words it's like but that's okay you know what i mean <laughs> like is there anything else to that no no she's just good moving at on. It. all right yeah exactly <laughs> the movie kind of hits this point and it goes all right moving on it's like but we're not done here Right. Like we need to invest more in this moment. It's like, <laughs> I know. Right. Yeah. And also, I think the movie, because it has so many main characters, it's not really sure whose movie they want it to be. Um, oh, because I could not figure out whose movie. This <laughs> sometimes was. it's Joseph Gordon-Levitt's movie. Sometimes it's the girls movie. Sometimes it's Jamie Foxx's movie. And ultimately, I think it is Jamie Foxx's movie. But I think that even that is a misstep. I think it should have been the girls movie. Like, I think Jamie Foxx should have been like. Uh, you know, I just said Terminator 2 and I was I was joking, but it should kind of be that, though, because Terminator 2 is is the story of the Edward Furlong character, you know, basically deciding to have faith in humanity and stuff like that, even though everything around him is showing that he shouldn't. And I think, you know, it should have been the same thing here. Jamie Foxx's character should have just been the the catalyst to make this girl go on a journey from like you know, not really being skeptical, skeptical about the world because all she sees is, you know, struggle and, and drug dealing and, and, and not having faith in humanity and learning to like believe in herself and that there, you know, if she decides to make good with her life, then that's all that matters is using her voice for, for good or whatever. It should have been that, but in, no, it's Jamie Foxx, uh, coming face to face with his demons or something. You know what I mean? It's like, all right, I guess. 
Because his because daughter? Because daughter, you know, daughter. Like the script says, daughter. Yeah, they gave him the Liam Neeson treat- treatment, you know? His daughter, what don't you understand about that? You know? <laughs> Uh, no, it takes a lot of missteps. Like it truthfully gets up to the point, like I've been saying, it takes up to the point. It goes, now I know what you want to see, but I'm not going to do that <laughs> because I'm going to be different. It's like, no, you're going to be lame is what you're going to be. Like, yes, do the thing we want to see. Yes. And that's the whole point of entertainment value. Like I go, I just look at this. I'm like, there's a way to subvert it. If you don't know the rules and it's your first time out, then just do the thing. Yes. Like, I don't want to see anything new. I wanted to see Jamie Foxx take a pill. And just go through, even if he had the power of the pistol shrimp stuff, just like punching dudes and watching them burn, like disintegrate in front of him. Like I was like, or snap his fingers or like he moves so fast. He just backhands him and they like, I was like, yes, yes, that's what I want to see. And he goes, no, he's just going to explode. But somehow Robin's not going to die. Right. Even though she's within the radius, the, the area of the bubble that's hotter than the surface of the sun. Yes. Also, there were way too many – so there's way too many good characters. Also, there's so many villain characters that I don't know who the bad guy is. Like, who is the villain? Like, I, I, we, I guess it's that lady, but, like, we don't ever really know who she is. She's just some lady who – in a suit. <laughs> That's my problem with it. I have a note here that I was like, oh, the bad guys are bad guy. That's <laughs> yeah. all you need to know about it. It's like they have no motivation. Yeah. They have nothing. Now – Having said that, there is a gentleman that is in this movie who is one of my favorite people. He constantly – he has made his entire career on being the big, bald-headed, big-bearded henchman. Uh-huh. He's in the Equalizer movies. He is in the Jurassic Park, the um, uh, what's the the first uh, – Jurassic World. Jurassic World. Uh-huh. He's in Jurassic World as one of the military henchmen. His name is Tate Fletcher. Okay. And I love this man – to death he is this big military looking dude. i think he served okay but he's this bald big bearded dude that just runs around and just beats the piss out of people yep. it's so good he's the dude when robin's in the control room he takes the pill and he starts busting through like the big heavy door mm-hmm. that's tate fletcher and i love him and anytime tate fletcher pops up in the background i'm like oh yes yes tate's here this is a good time right <laughs> but like I love Tate Fletcher. Like he is a, but he's a henchman actor and a stuntman, and like he he does a good job. Like he truthfully is one of those guys, and he's unique enough. And I've seen him in enough stuff. I've watched that man die in so many movies. That right. I'm just like, I'm like, oh yeah, no, I'm a fan. I'm a fan. So, Mr. Fletcher, if you're listening, <laughs> I would love to personally talk to you. So I I think I have a fix for this movie that would have made this movie much more cohesive. Right. So, because the movie right as it stands starts with, um, the I think it opens with it opens with the girl selling the drugs, right? Right, right. Or as I understand it, in this world, motorcycles are a form of currency. <laughs> yeah, apparently. Um, Does she not understand regular money? I'm yeah. confused. So here, here's where I start the movie. So my 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 fix that I think would have gone uh uh would have done this movie a really uh, good service is I would have started the movie with Jamie Foxx in a test facility for the bad guys as they're creating the drug. They're like, and in order to do, in order to create the drug, they have to painfully extract DNA from him. And you know, you're watching them be cold and heartless and you you're introduced to the lady who's the head of the corporation and you, you, you see this whole process. And then he's the, uh, he's the weapon X of, 
Right. Basically, they have him and they have his wife and they have the daughter who's like a baby or a small child at the time who isn't exhibiting powers yet. But um, they just uh, uh, they just have her there because they have his whole family because there's something to his DNA. And, you know, at some point, Jamie Foxx breaks out and he says, you know, I'm going to come back and like maybe they kill his wife and he's like you know but he's like he can't get his daughter out right now uh because he's like i have to you know i have to formulate a plan to get you out so you safely you know what i mean that type of thing so he's like i will come back for you type thing and then then we cut and then at that point the daughter starts to exhibit powers or whatever you know what i mean and then we then we cut to you know seeing our like main girl story just so we're familiar with like why Jamie Foxx is in this movie, what the bad, who the bad guys are and what interest they have in Jamie Foxx. Cause all of that, we don't even find any of that out until much later in the movie. And then by that time, we haven't spent enough time with the bad guys to even care who they are. Like, it's, like the information you get at the end is too much too late. Right. Like, uh, yeah. It's just like, why are you putting this here? Like this should have gone instead of doing all the drone shots with the drone budget for this movie. They wanted you to know they had a drone budget. Right. Like, check out the top of the city. It's like, no, I, I get that. I saw this in John Wick. Thanks. Right. Um, but like instead of spending time with the drone shots, that's where that story should be plugged in. Right. You could even, you could even do it as an abstract credit scene. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like opening credits. Because at that point, you can introduce all of the bad guys that you're going to see later in the movie before they have powers. And I really like the idea that, like, and they didn't really lean into this at all, but like the powers, like that manifest in you, have something to do with your personality. Like, I think that would have been really interesting because you could see these bad guys before they get their powers. Because at the beginning, they're trying to figure out how to harvest his genetic material and, and figure out how to make it. But you see the the same henchmen that you see later. You, like you see them before without powers, and they're just mean to Jamie Fox, and they're like, you know, fuck you, that type of thing, and whatever. And you see the different parts of their personality. That way, when he comes into contact with them later, and now they have powers, it makes sense. You're like, oh, that guy had a little man complex and that that's why when he takes the pill he gets becomes this giant guy and this guy you know he's a hard ass who won't stop so that's why he becomes super strong and can knock down steel doors when he you know what i mean like something to make the power manifesting yeah this guy's personality is really prickly which is why he grows bones out of his skin exactly. can apparently cut sheet metal for some reason <laughs> yeah yeah I, I didn't understand why his bones became yeah steel i don't understand that part have you been hit with a metal object before <laughs> yeah. your bone does not cut through steel it never has and never will. It never has. It never will. Like, and you know what? It's one of those things where I just look at it and I go, you're welcome to try. But yeah. It's not going to be a good time for right. you. So I thought that could have been cool because there's, I mean, Rodrigo Santoro's in this movie, the uh, Xerxes from 300. And like he, his character is wasted because like we don't spend enough time with him to even know who he is or care. He's just, a, he just barely recognized him. Yes. B. Didn't care that it was him <laughs> yeah. when I found out. I went to IMDb because I literally went to IMDb and I was like, I got to know who this guy is. And I just looked up. I was like, oh, oh, well, I don't care about that. And then best part is called this one. I go, I bet he turns into a Hulk at some point. Yeah. Because his skin's all saggy. Yeah. And then he turned into a Hulk and I went, oh, there's the Hulk moment. 
yeah, I feel like that was just a simple missed opportunity. Like their powers should have had something to do with their personality. Like, you know, maybe he always wants to be the biggest guy in the room or always wants, you know, he's the he's a secondary henchman, but wants to be the boss. Like you could have done so many things, but like the writer, the writer was like, nah. Right. And then they bring in this whole South America plot line and yeah, like all this stuff. Really and I'm weird. just like, what? Like, why are you just it feels like you're just spinning your wheels to create <laughs> content for your screenplay. Yeah. Like none of this. It, it, what it feels like. This movie was – they knew they were going to make this movie. They needed to make it on a deadline. Like there was an end date for the, for the writing, mm-hmm. and they then they procrastinate, procrastinate. It's like when you procrastinate for a test or you forget that you have a test. It's like, hey, man, do you study for the test tomorrow? And you're like, brick. Yeah. <laughs> so you like just bang out like – or like, hey, man, uh, did you ever – like what, what angle did you take on the paper that's due tomorrow? You're like, forgot we had a paper. Yeah. Oh, crap. So it's like you have this like massive deadline and there's no time to edit or think of anything else. It's just like, like when you turn, you turn in your first draft, you're like, done, take it. I just, I just, I need a grade. You know, that's what the screenplay felt like to me. It's like, there's so many good bits and pieces and you clearly know exactly what kind of stuff you want to do with it. You don't know how to do it, I guess. Yeah. Which is confusing to me because you were able to write a movie that got picked up by Netflix. So yeah. like yeah. clearly you know what you're doing. You have to have the credits to know what you're doing because that's not something that just happens for a first time person unless they're really good. Right. But I just go, so why didn't you just why didn't you just deliver? Deliver the greatest hits. Yeah. Like why are you why are we wasting our time with like all of this stuff? Like Right. I did like that. Um, I like the so the 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 conceit of the movie with the pills they give you the power and the fact that it's like your body is not meant to handle the power so like you just get the powers and whatever it does to your body it does to your body I like that because it's it's like a great metaphor for drug use and I, I like that the the only problem is you can't have a guy that bursts into flames and then he lives to talk to talk about it <laughs> like I just to me that doesn't to me, you're not serving your own um, rule set that you set up. Like, it's cool to have a guy who can turn into a big guy, and then when he turns back, his skin is saggy. Like, I can buy that, but I can't buy that a guy engulfs in flames from the inside out, and then he goes back to normal. I just don't buy it. Like, obviously, he had some burns on him, but, like, you don't survive that. You know what I mean? No, you die. <laughs> Die. Yeah. The Human Torch is one of the most inconvenient power sets, like of all right. time. And like, I think that that could have been interesting, where like that guy has to stay on fire, so like he has to keep eating pills. I think that would have been more interesting than like, no, he just has some burns. Like that to me, that was kind of like a cop out. Like it would have been very interesting if he like if if I ever stop taking these pills, I'm going to die because I'm burning from the inside out. You know what I mean? That would have been interesting. I, I will say this: the thing I did like in the scene was that the fact that. They had the moment where Jamie Foxx put him in the shower so he could interrogate him. Right. I was like, that's cool. Right. I like that. But also, if you're somebody on fire and you're wandering through an old apartment complex, <laughs> right. that shit's going to catch on fire. Yeah. He and should- not in like a subtle way. Everyone's dead. <laughs> right. That That's why I would have loved it if like – if like, yeah, that was his thing. Like the reason why he's so like tormented is like – I took I took the pill and it turned me into a fireball and if I ever stop taking these pills I'm going to go back to being normal and I will be a pile of ash. So, <laughs> you know what I mean? I would have liked that. That would have been cool. Um but Oh, for sure. Know, they didn't decide to yeah. go that route, but And that's my problem too. Yeah. With the when they were like it's based off of animals. Like what animal is on fire? <laughs> right. I feel like that was or, just a or made of 
or made of ice. Yeah, like that was Pokemon. Bad. Maybe are we confusing Pokemon for real animals? Yeah. Because yeah. I feel like if that's the case, we we need to we need to work with you, buddy. Right. But like my thing is, if you wanted to do somebody that like does fire, like fire is their element, and it is based off of an animal. Really do your research. There's the bombardier beetle that has two separate sacks of chemicals like in its uh-huh. body that when combined, they create a flaming – like it's a fire effect right. essentially. And totally. they, they basically burn bugs out of their butt. You could do it where they combine it. It's like the sacks grow in his throat and he's belching fire. Totally. Like that's a way better way to do it. Yes. Like I take this pill. These sacks grow in my throat and then I'm able to belch fire. Yep. Like that's what I thought the dude was that turned big, the Hulk moment, the yeah. Xerxes. That's what I thought his power was going to be. And I was like, oh, yeah. OK, cool. I like that. Yeah. But like, yeah, the kid with the fire, I'm like, do that, do it that way instead of having his whole body be a, be a flame. Yeah, because it doesn't serve uh, – it basically breaks the rules that you set up by saying like, you know, basically what they're saying is like human bodies aren't meant to facilitate superpowers. So like, you know, if you take this pill and you get the wrong power, it could kill you. Like you could just explode. Like they do – they take the time to show that. But it's like this guy can completely engulf in flames and he's fine? Like that's not how that works. <laughs> I was – I started giggling to myself towards the end because the movie goes off the rails basically. Yes, yes it does. In a big way. <laughs> yeah. um, but I was giggling to myself like what if Jamie Foxx doesn't actually have a power right. and he takes the pill and just explodes? <laughs> yeah. Like I was going to – oh god. Yeah, like, I just yeah. thought like how hilarious would this be? Like I was thinking about it in the terms of making the movie a comedy. Like, what if there's this rumored pill on the street? Everybody's like, oh, it gives you superpowers. But what they don't tell you is that it just it doesn't. It just makes people randomly explode. Right. So, like, you're just dead. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Like, you get all the hype, like, oh, man, I'm going to fly and lift up, like, lift up cars over my head. And just, bleh, they're just like yeah. this, like, meat jelly. It's like, oh. That's disappointing. Yeah, I don't. I didn't like Jamie Foxx's power. Like, I feel like they could have been more original than that. Um Especially because he's the guy that was the original test subject that created like the the technology. So like they should have done, they should have come up with something more creative than that. Um, I like that his daughter had the power to heal things. I thought that was interesting. Um, I thought that, that was a big uh, get out of jail free card. Yes, <laughs> totally. <laughs> I did like that. Like yeah, when I looked at this again, she's gonna put her hands on his face and heal him. Right. Maybe loses a little bit of my respect. Just a little bit. Not a lot, because I'm already at the end of it, so I've already lost a lot of respect. Right. Just a little bit more. Right. So I think Jamie Foxx, what I would have done is I think I would have made Jamie Foxx's power, because he's like subject, like patient zero, I would have done something like his power set is like his, kind of like the Darwin character from X-Men First Class, like his power set is whatever he needs in the moment. Yeah, he, he can do, you know, if, if, you know, he's in a situation where he takes the pill and he's being drowned, he grows gills. You know what I mean? Like, he, he his power is adaptation. You know what I mean? Uh, that, I would have done something like that, but, you know, I didn't write I was the thinking the same thing. I was like, he should have the whole power skill set. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think you, you bring up, you, you know, excellent point. It, it, it Either that or, like, from the Umbrella Academy, uh, the kid that, like, the, who has the uh, like the Cthulhu monster inside of him? Like his body becomes like a gateway to like Lovecraftian horrors. <laughs> yeah, just do that. Like when he takes a pill, his abdomen opens up and like tentacle monsters come out. <laughs> oh my god, It'd be so good! I have to catch up on season two of that show. Oh, dude, I, um, yeah. I, I'm familiar. With, I'm familiar with the with the comics, but I haven't I yeah. haven't sat down and watched the show yet. 
Um, oh my gosh, dude. Yes, that would have been hilarious. Yeah. It's just like, <laughs> they're like, <laughs> yeah, just ripping people to shreds. <laughs> yeah, exactly. He's just standing there like, I can't control it. I, I can't, yeah. can't control it. Sorry. I sh- you, you wanted me to take the pill. I told you. you this is what would hey, you kind of did force me. Truthfully, you did this to yourself. We got actually, four and a half more minutes of this. So <laughs> <laughs> buckle up. Yeah. Oh gosh. That's funny. Yeah. Yeah, I I think that's that's true. Like, I don't know. It just feels like like we're talking about. It feels like it started with a really good idea. Yes. And they just didn't know they wanted and this is my problem with Netflix movie, Netflix original movies sometimes uh-huh. is that they so badly want to set themselves apart from other like I mean, mainstream for lack of a better term, mm-hmm. but theater movies, you know, like production theater production companies like Right. Production companies they so badly want to set themselves apart. Like, oh, we're not going to be just like them. It's like the reason why they have the money that they do is because they do the thing. Just do the thing. <laughs> right. It's like, I don't want anything different. I don't want anything special. I logged in to see Project Power and be like, cool. There are magic pills. People are going to take these magic pills and then they're going to go kick some ass. Right. I'm here for that. Yeah. That's what I want. That's all I want. Yeah. Like, they're going to kick some ass for five minutes. That's going to be a factor. So pay attention to the time because you're going to die. You know, like that's all I wanted. I wanted this. I didn't want this like – it was too weird. It was like it was trying to talk about drug usage in this country and like corporate overlord like setup. It's too many different things. And the way people are used in this country plus the inner city plus it was trying to talk about the plight of New Orleans as it sits, which I went to New Orleans last year. I love that city. Yep. Shout out to any listeners you have in New Orleans mm-hmm. because it is your – I'm going to talk directly to them for a second. Your town is a kick-ass town, and I love it. Like It is the only city in that area that I have loved independently of how hot and humid it was because I do not like that kind of weather. <laughs> but I was like, yes, 100% about this. And if – Asan, if you have never gone, we need to go. I am so it down is, to go. It is an absolute blast. It's so <laughs> much fun. I'm down. Um, that actually might be a fun episode to do of a podcast is you and I take a really intense ghost tour and just record our. <laughs> that would be very fun. A ghost just tour. psyching each other out the entire time. Did you see that? Like freaking out. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, New Orleans is awesome. I love New Orleans. And I it is one of those, AJ and I, we were talking about, it's like it is one of our, our two cities that we want, like to go to are Seattle. And we're definitely going to go back to New Orleans. You have to. Like it's so much fun. But like it's trying to talk about the plight of New Orleans, how it hasn't really recovered from Katrina. And if you've been there, like you see, it's just starting to get kind of back on its feet after right. you know all that time. And but the people are awesome. But it's just like inner city New Orleans. It's a and I'm just like, what are you trying? To, you're trying to say that along with drug usage and superhero, yeah. like trying to take a different ticket. Like what? Are, pick three. Yep. You're trying to say ten things. Pick three and just do those. Yep. I could not agree more. It feels like each character, each of the main three characters is written in their own movie and they combined all three of those movies and tried to make it work in this one movie. Mm -hmm. It just, it just doesn't. True. Yeah. So Uh, I don't know. I was a little like, okay, (laughs) like again, having said all this, I still enjoyed it. It was still a fun watch. It was still a fun watch. I'm glad I saw it. Yes. But I, the naked invisible man running out of the bank <laughs> made me laugh so hard. Yeah, I thought that was interesting. I was, I was, I was howling with laughter so hard. The dog started yeah. to be concerned for me. Like she was sitting, sniffing me, be like, "Are you okay? What's wrong with you?" Like she's never heard me laugh that hard before. Yeah, and I was dying. 
because all I could think of is this is the mischief I would get up to if I f- suddenly found out that I had chameleon like <laughs> invisibility. I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm gonna steal everyone's left shoe now. That's funny. Yeah, dude, that's yeah. I was daydreaming about what power I would what I would hope to get, and I'm still not sure. <laughs> yeah, w- yeah. Well, yeah. What do you think it, yours would be? Um, if it was based on personality, I think my my uh. You know what? I think it would be I'd be able to like multiply myself like multiple man or something like that. Like I'd be able to make copies of myself. Many different hats that like I think like that would be the power that manifests from me. What about you? I think I think speed, speed, super speed would be mine because I always feel like I'm not moving fast enough (laughs) or I'm not like like I always feel like I'm behind the gun or I don't know about stuff quick enough or I, and part of that's just my interest and in being connected to the internet. You can't know everything, you know, True. but it's like, if I, you know, or like I'm a little slow on the uptake sometimes with people. Cause I'm kind of in my own head. I mean, you know me, I'm in my head a lot. And so it's like, I'm in my own head too much. And so it's mm-hmm. like, I always kind of come out of it and I'm like, Oh, I need to catch up. So I feel like super speed would be that one because then it would allow me to constantly be on top of everything, you yeah. know, there you go. And be like, and then, you know, and then, you know, wait, and also feel like I have more time in the day because I'm doing things like a thousand miles an hour faster than everybody else, you know, mm-hmm. and it's just kind of like, well, ne- there's time now, you know? Yeah, yeah exactly. It's like, do errands. Well, I don't want errands to take up my whole day. Yeah. Hey, they're done in two minutes and I got 30 things done. Cool. Now we have time, <laughs> you know? Yeah. I think super speed or invisibility too, because I'm not a big people person, you know? Mm-hmm. I mean, being an introvert, I just don't like being around people and especially. Right. The whole pandemic thing, like I go to the grocery store and I, I get nervous and I get scared and I get very like there's a very small time window of time that I'm actually OK, like at Target or the grocery store. I just start to freak out. and I'm like, I got to go back home. I got to get away from these people. <laughs> I can't do this. Like it's too much. Like it's too much. It's too much stimuli. You know, yeah. so it's like I think I, I think invisibility. I either do super speed. I either get super speed or invisible. There you go. If people want to follow you on Instagram, I don't know if you're into that. Uh, you can give out your Instagram. It's not exciting and I don't post a lot, but you know, there you go. I do. It's a lot of, um, it's going to be a lot of, uh, you're going to see a lot of photos of me and my wife and my dog and, uh, just generally having a good time. I need to do more, but, um, you know, I, you can get at me. I'm, uh, at cinephile 84 on the instas. You can find me online at Asan the DJ, uh, at a H S O H in the DJ on social media or at my website at Asan.com. You can find, uh, episodes of this podcast and more at weekly Derek, thank you so much for doing the podcast. We'll see you next week. Mm-hmm.